Live from Chicago, it's Saturday morning. It's the Murph and Fred Show. Starring uh-huh. Mike Murphy, Hello. Fred Hubner, and featuring Felix Reyes. <laughs> now here's your host, Murph and Fred. Felix the Cat, thank you everybody. And uh, indeed, 9 till noon. Today, at no, most... we're not off at 10.40 or 11 o'clock no, or anything no, like no, that? no, no. So I had to prepare all week instead of just for five days uh, to be ready for you, Fred. Uh, our yellow pads are jammed. We have a lot for, you know. Oh, by the way, a great uh, guest, one of our favorite guys, Sam Smith, the exciting bowls. Yes, will join us in a couple hours in the 11 o'clock hour. So, uh, you know, Fred, uh, many, many, many years, you and I did, uh, you know, Monday through Friday shows. Right. Uh-huh. And then uh, I did Monday through Friday shows other times, uh, not just always with you, but... And in radio, the, the uh, I think the interesting thing is, well, interesting to me, is that uh, when the show would end, like on Tuesday right. or Wednesday, we'd be on, what, 5.30 till 10 in the morning. Sure. And uh, like by about 10.45 or 11 o'clock, uh, we'd start thinking, okay, what are we going to do tomorrow? What's the story tomorrow? What are these storylines uh, tomorrow? And then, uh, you know, big wheel keep on turning. But then when you only do when I only do Saturdays, and that's with you, and it's right. it's, it's great to be with you, and it's so much fun. Now you were on a few Last times night, this week, uh, yeah, Monday and Monday and Friday, and you'll be on Sunday uh, tomorrow yep. at uh, Twin Peaks. Tomorrow at Twin Peaks out in Orland Park, hundred and sixty first, I think it is, and Lagrange Road. It and, is, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun with Mongo getting you ready for yeah. Bears and Rams. It'll yeah. be fun. I stopped by there yesterday, said hi to uh, Carmen and uh, Yurko uh, at the, the same venue as they call it. Yeah, their football Friday. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you're busy, you're, you're, but I do just the Saturday. So instead of like when we did the Monday through Friday and the show would end, what are we doing tomorrow? I thought, well, Saturday, oh, that'd be you know fun. I'll start thinking about it on Friday, like a right, like the old routine, you know. Right. Tomorrow, no. Now I seven days. I think when this show ends, I'll start thinking, what are we doing next Saturday? Felix the Catcher said, Steve Silverman, NFL expert, we all love. Everyone uh, knows Steve's work. Uh, he can join us next Saturday. So. You know, already thinking next Saturday because sure. that's my next show. Yep. You know, and you got one tomorrow. So all week long, you know, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to be about 99% bears. You know, it's going to be bears, bears, but rams. And, and uh, that's what so I'll be working on that, thinking, listening, making notes all week. And, and then, of course, uh, well, Monday, uh, uh, the Bulls, uh, you know, change head coaches. All right. Well, you know what? The, maybe we're now only going to be 90 Two percent bears, and because you know, got to talk a little bit about the new head coach and what's going. I know, but then, uh, then all of a sudden, then the rumors come around again, and you know, here we go. Cubs are attached to to Harper, and uh, White Sox are attached to Harper, and then later now, now White Sox are so. So now I'm thinking, well, what the heck? What percent? And so here's what we have to decide: what do we get to? You know, what do we not get to today? Uh, you know, it's, it's just one of the things you always have to think about. And uh, uh, so what, what you want to try to do is uh, narrow it down, but still cover everything. 
Can we do that today? We could try. Mm-hmm. We got three hours, so that's that's a good thing as opposed to an hour and 40 minutes or two hours. Now we have uh, three full hours. So, so, so what we have to do is, uh, you know, pick, pick a lane. Is what... Life in the fast lane. So, Fred, everybody, should we still do 99.9% bears? That's what everyone wants to talk. But the Bulls game, how can we avoid that? The Bulls game last night. Sure. How can we avoid Harper, whether you want him or not? we got three hours. We'll talk all about that. Yeah, White Sox fans are driving me nuts. On my Twitter, it's going constantly. All these White Sox fans want Bryce Harper because he's he's a face. You got you need a face of a team. No, you need wins, and he's not going to bring you wins. I don't want him. So anyway, back to uh-huh. what we're going to talk about. Well, I've already got some batting orders lineups uh, doodled out. Okay, right here for my uh, my Cubs with Harper. So I don't know how both the uh, can he play for two teams? Does the league no. allow that? No, but if they're both in Chicago, maybe maybe there's a possibility they can they he can so he never has to leave. He can just play home. Games. I like that. Would you rule out in the next 100 years that that doesn't happen? No, I, mean, I wouldn't rule anything no, out no. in the next 10 years. Right. The way baseball's going, and now that Rob Manfred's here for another five years. You know, he's going to, and we'll get into just a little baseball later. We'll get right no, back. No, more than a little, because baseball, the, yeah. uh, you know, the winter meetings start tomorrow uh-huh. night. Jesse's already at the tables. Right. You know, trying to roll a 7 or 11. You know, so I'm sure he's doing that. <laughs> He, he get, he's a, uh, how do I phrase this? He's a gamer, and I don't mean electronic. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he likes the games. Do they ever tell you these guys when they lose? Uh, I want $100. Yeah, I don't know. Jesse might. <laughs> Jesse might. He might He might downplay it. Let's take a look at the Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll. Uh, we have a, oh, got some items on board here. Got about a, a 10 or so, but... Number one and number two, I'd like you to vote right now, either live on the radio, if you want to vote, 332-3776, 332-ESPN, area code remains, 312, or vote at ESPN 1000. Number one and number two, number one, Bears, is Tariq Cohen, this is just yes or no, Fred. Okay. Is Tariq Cohen getting enough touches? All right. Yes or no. Now, remember, think before you vote. Can they vote more than once? No. No, No, you can't. Okay. Once you vote, it locks you out. Can they see what the percentage results are? Once they vote. Oh, but okay, so they can't be swayed. The jury can't be swayed. Once they vote, they can see it. All right, number one, vote now. Because I voted on all these already. Yes, really? Yeah. I wrote these about midnight. I don't remember what they are. You just vo- you've already <laughs> voted on it. Yep. Oh, I like. Oh, we put them up. Felix puts them up nice and early, so they get a lot of votes. Well, Felix is here with the hunting and fishing. Yes, and he the is. Great Chauncey. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Very early in the morning. I'm here around. I listen to Chauncey. Five a.m. I get up, get dressed. I had Chauncey on at home. Did he mention going to Paul's Pizza in Westchester? That's correct. Oh, that's he always the mentions best. that. Hi, Paul. How you doing? I'm Chauncey's friend. Hey, Murph. How are you? Number two. Who can the Bears least afford to lose? Now, this is this is a thought question, all right? So, again, think before you... Fred, did you think before you voted? I did. Each oh. and every one of them. All right. Number two. Vote now. Eddie has been 1,000. 
Who can the Bears least afford to lose? A, B, or C. A, Trubisky. Well, they've already lost. Yeah, I know. Okay. B, Khalil Mack. Huh. I see a pattern here, Murph. No, you don't. C, Terry Cohen. All right? Who could the Bears least afford to lose? I almost worded it, who is the most irreplaceable? Okay. Sort of synonymous, the two questions. So vote right now. But let's take a look at what happened last night at the United Center. So, OKC comes in. Yep. That's what 16 they and 7. You're looking at the yellow They're pack. 16 and 7. That's exactly right. Uh-huh. So. Come strolling on into the UC saying, ha, these bulls suck. You know, I'm not an NBA expert, so I had to look up before the game. Let's see now. I I think OKC is pretty. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got Paul George. You got Russell Westbrook. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. How can you not be good? Second place in the uh, Western Conference. Yep. I believe fourth or fifth place overall in the uh, league. You know, for the. Yep. Reverse standings for the lottery and all. By the way, that lottery's been uh, tweaked. Yeah, this year the top three teams have the same percentage chance. 14%. Yeah. And then, and this is to try to dissuade, not prevent, dissuade yeah. teams from tanking. Ain't going to work. They're still tanking. But it's, still, but it's much more interesting now, yeah. as you just pointed out. Yeah, a little more, yeah. The, the third now for those who are fail at tanking, you can now fail at tanking and still succeed. Could you say because that again? You can fail at tanking and still succeed because you don't have to be the worst team oh, to get the number yeah. best. Now you can be one of the three worst teams right. and still get a chance to be the get the number one pick. So to paraphrase what you said, you don't have to be the best tanker. You don't have to fail in tanking. Right? No, one of the top three tankers will get the opportunity to get the uh, equal, you know, the most ping pong balls. Equal fourteen percent balls yeah, each. Yeah. And the fourth couldn't be any more stupid. No, I think it's no. It's they're going in the right direction. It's still wrong. Well, okay, it could be a lot better. Yeah, but it's better than it was. Well, well that's not saying much. No, no, but it's but at least they're like I think you just said moving all in the my right examples, direction. All my examples were disgusting, so I couldn't give you an example right now. But yeah, it, now, it's it, it's <laughs> it's like I I lost one finger. No, I lost three fingers. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, it's just a bad. The whole the whole draft is is bad. The way the way they have it, the way losing is still something that everyone's doing. Mm-hmm. It's the same way in baseball, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And everyone's talking about how baseball, you know, people are losing, trying to become good, and it's ruining the game. There's six or seven good baseball teams in all in all of the Major League Baseball, and it stinks. Well, you know, I don't know how I don't know how how the sport's going to continue to succeed if they keep doing this. Now. If you have the fourth worst record in the NBA, this is all part of the new tweak. Uh-huh. Okay, so 14, 14, 14% for the three worst. Then I believe it's like uh, 11% of the ping pong balls for the next worst, fourth worst. And then 9% even, you still get in fifth place, upside down. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, we weren't going to go here, but I have an interest in this ties in with, with Fred since you brought up tanking. Uh, Felix, we're going to need, uh, in a moment, cut 12. This is uh, Shefty. Okay. I call him Shefty. Adam Schefter? Uh-huh. uh-huh. I've never met him. If I met him, I'd, I'd say, hello, Adam. Okay. Right? Adam Schefter. Sure. I don't like to call people like Shefty until I, I get to know him. Right. Yeah. Like I, I saw... Uh, like Carm yesterday. You saw Yurko. You said, hey, John. I called you John. There you go. Because I know him. Yep. We get along great. Yep. 
Uh, his family. So, so you say, hey, Mark. Family both knew the the Benedettos uh, back in uh, Chicago Heights in the day. You know, but he's John. Yeah. And uh, I, I say, uh, Carmen. Hi, Carmen. Yeah. Mr. DeFalco, sure. how are you doing? So, Shefty. Shefty was on. And uh, I had Felix rack this up. I didn't think we'd use it, but Fred, you just mentioned uh, tanking. Shefty, I believe this was just yesterday or a day or two ago. Miss a little, miss a lot. He was talking about how in the uh, NFL, you, it's impossible. You don't tank. And it's, think about it. Yeah. Do teams tank? Well, here's what Shefty said. Here's the thing in football. Um, you, you really cannot tank. Okay. You cannot tank at all. And, and I'll tell you why. Because, number one, the players' contracts are not guaranteed. Right. So if, if you're going to tell me that a player – now, they may stick out an inferior player. Um, you know, but what's the drop-off? We see teams replace guys all the time. And, and unless you're replacing – I mean, short of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in that team, uh, there's basically nobody that they couldn't replace and have a big drop-off. And so these guys are playing for their contracts every year and every game. And Joe Philbin, who is the interim head coach, he's coaching for his job. Like he, he wants to be considered for a head coaching job there. He, he doesn't want to just take his job, lose games, tank, and hurt any chances that he has of getting that job, however remote they may or may not be. That was Shefty. Yep, he's exactly right. Now, let's push that ball over to the NBA and the Bulls. Uh-huh. Now, the last head coach, Freddie Hoyball, I don't. I'm not going to say because he wasn't. He was not ever trying to tank. Nope. And the players never try to tank. We all know. I think by now that management puts together a team that's incapable of winning. That's where the tank comes. Yeah, from. Yeah, you have a team that doesn't have oh, enough yeah. talent to win games. Right. So that's the only way you can tank, really. And, yeah. and they're not going to go on out there trying to miss shots. You see, I think it's a little di- correct. Right. I think in the beginning of the tanking awareness, uh, if that's the right uh, phraseology. A lot of people thought that meant, like in the old days, when players would gamble or bet against their own team. Yeah. Okay, we're a five-point favorite. I'm going to miss the last shots because we're only going to win by two. You know, or what I bet against us. Or, that That's not tanking. That's being in the tank. Yeah. <laughs> the old gambling expression. Yep. But let me ask you this. I'm, I'm very fascinated with the new head coach of the uh, Bulls. And we will have Sam Smith on around 11 o'clock. The thing that fascinates me is with, with Jim Boylan. Now this is gonna. It looks like he wants to win. Yes, he does. Now I'm not saying he's not going to want to get his first uh, NBA coaching opportunity and then lose. Well, correct. Now Hoiberg, see, it's a very fine line, and I don't know if I'm articulate enough to verbalize this properly. It never looked like he was trying to win. I know that means nothing. Don't get me wrong. I know he was trying to win. I know he was not trying to lose. I'm sure John Paxson never said, hey, we want to lose. Right. But here's some players, and you're probably going to lose. After a while, he might have got resigned to the fact they were going to lose. He just got beaten down. I don't know. But this guy at least looks like he's trying to win. Now, I don't know if I'm just being, you know, mesmerized by two games where they... It's a different team, though, Fred. Yep. It's a different team. and Well, yeah, because they're getting some players back. Larry Markinen's back, and you're going to get Portis and Dunn back. Probably not tonight against Boston, but probably their next game be after this. They so you're getting even, players back. I'm sorry. They might even be back tonight. They're speculating, but whatever. Right. Whatever. But here, so after the Bulls game, miss a little, miss a lot again. If you don't have time to catch up, even if you don't watch the game, 
And Fred, I know you do the same thing that I do, and we highly, I, we highly recommend. Yeah, watch the post game as uh, if you, as long as you can ignore the silly fans that are behind well, Mark Shinowski and company. That, as long as you can avoid those guys. Hold that thought for one minute. Dumbest thing in you're sports. Right, you're right. Yeah, but Will Purdue. Uh, Wendell Kim, sometimes Horace Grant sits in there. Mark Wendell Sh- Kim? No, that was the Cubs waving Wendell at yes, third. was. What am I trying to say? Kendall Gill? Uh, Kendall Gill. Was he the Cubs third you base made, coach? Yeah, you made, <laughs> you made Kendall. Kendall Gill, Wendell Kim. That's like the, that's the lowest insult. You, I mean, he passed, I don't know. I think he's passed away. Yes, yeah. he has. Yeah. We're sorry, Wendell. Yeah. Dusty didn't have any more jobs. He yeah. knew he was out of work. Kendall Gill. <laughs> and uh, Mark Shinowski yeah. does a terrific job. As he does. He more than moderator. Mark, a- Mark, you egg him on too much. All of a sudden, they start throwing stuff out of the set. Which I is said, that. hold that thought. Yeah, I can't. Oh, I, I can't. It's just... Who's in charge over at NBC Sports? That makes that decision. And then, and then when the Blackhawks are there, Pat Boyle's there. The good thing for him, he won't have many Blackhawk fans standing behind him this year. Do you see some of the notes on them today? The Hawks? I try to avoid it. I'm, I'm, I'm concentrating, no, no, no. On, concentrating on Bears and Rams. This is too good to ignore, Fred. This is Steve Greenberg. Does a great job in the Sun-Times. He's on the Blackhawks beat. Subheadline. Quenville Colleton. Is that the guy's name? I think so. Quenville and Colleton both have coached 15 games now. All okay. right? The 4-3 loss to the Golden Knights by the Hawks on Saturday was the Hawks' 17th loss in the last 20 games. That's not good? The Vegas game came on Culleton's 15th game since taking over for the fired. He didn't have to put fired in there. Just a little note. He could have just said since taking over for Joel Quenville. But he felt like putting fired in there. You know why that is? He didn't agree with the firing. Right. That's that's me saying that. But Steve Greenberg continues. The Vegas game was Culleton's 15th since taking over for the fired Joel Quenville, who's own season lasted 15 games. All right. Under Quenville, the Hawks were 6-6-3. Six, six, and three. And now under uh, the new Colleton, guy, yeah. whatever, the new guy, 3-10-2. and two. Uh-huh. All right, well, that'll happen. He says, are the Hawks a worse team now under Colleton than they were under Quenville? Certainly seems so. Though the schedule, we must say, was friendlier to Quenville than Colleton. They played easier teams. Okay. Yep. They are now, listen to this, the Hawks are 24th in the league in scoring and uh, next to last uh, 30th in goals again. Simply put, says Steve Greenberg, the Hawks have the worst special teams in the NHL and have stooped even lower, lower rather, under Collison's, Collison's watch. Their power play ranks, low, low. it's just unbelievable how bad things are. Yep. That's why you don't pay attention to them. Oh, no, but it's just amazing when you really juxtapose Uh these. So juxtapose, I don't bring the Hawks up again. Sorry about that. Not today. Right. Yeah. When they win three in a row, we'll start talking about them. Maybe in May, you mean? Maybe when the year's over. (laughs) All right. Let's take a look at the Bulls game. Let's talk a little Bulls right here. So I watched the whole game. I know you were doing uh, your show. I had to show on, so I watched the, I watched the uh, last quarter yeah. and uh, some of the post game until the fans got on my nerves. We're going to cover that in a minute. Uh-huh. So, in case you uh, didn't care or didn't miss it, I watched it so you didn't have to. The Bulls beat Oklahoma City, who entered the game, as Fred said, 16-7. and 7. All right? The Bulls were, what, 5-20. and 20. 
And all Oklahoma said, well, Mark, you know, they came in, uh, they expected, they weren't up for it. That's impossible, right? Very possible. You're rolling to Chicago, and we're going to... Well, this, that'll teach you. This will be a gimme. Yeah, that'll teach you. Right? Yeah, to give up 70 points in the first half. Right. Sort of, what's, like, you know, the trap game, like yeah. if you're gambling, you know? Oh, boy, that's a, trap no. game, like the Bears had last week in New York against the Giants. I get so much to talk about the Bears. I know. We'll we're, get to them soon. We're doing 90... 90- Two percent Bears today. Here's a couple of my keys to the Bulls winning: one fourteen to one twelve. By the way, it was it was next to me. I don't know about you. It was exciting. I enjoyed the whole game. There was energy, defense. You know, people. We'll get to this. Maybe it was Sam Smith later, eleven o'clock. All week, people are just so down on this selection of uh, Jim Boylan. I must be again the out of step Charlie. An old guy, well, he's not a retread, really, because he's never Never had a a job. Never had a head coaching job. People have been down on him all. Couldn't they find a young, exciting, new, you know, head coach of the future? Well, okay, sure, maybe they could have. Now's not the time to do that. Maybe money was involved. I mean, I can never rule that out. Did they give the new guy Boylan a a bump? I don't know. That was never mentioned. He's on contract this year and next year. I, I don't think they gave him a bump. Yeah. You think you'd get a guy a bump, he's all of a sudden the head coach. Wouldn't you give him a bump? As Jiggs used to say, wet his beak. Maybe they give him a gift card. <laughs> the White Palace Grill down the street. Maybe they said you get to go down and wave at the post-game show and put the bunny ears up behind. Uh, well, he did say after the first time with a, with a podium, he's going to go back Kendall to the table. Gill. Yeah. Just see one guy putting the bunny ears up? Oh, yeah. You know, two fingers up? Yeah. That's when I had to turn it off. You see someone lob some wadded up paper to almost... Not once. It. Three times somebody threw something onto the one set. zipped right past Will yeah. Perdue and landed by his hands. Uh-huh. I thought Will Perdue was going to get up, turn around, and give it the what to to somebody. Yep. I think he wanted to, yep. but... The, yeah, he should. Yeah, discretion was the better part of valor. How about they make obscene gestures with their fingers right. and their mouth? Yep. Is that supposed to no, be no, like... that's wonderful. Huh? That's what we want to see on NBC Sports Chicago. You know... Unbelievable. I'm sure it's a wonderful person uh, running that station, that program. Who's the... Is that... That's not a friend of Orwald, is it? No. No, no, no. no. Okay. He's not there. Well, here's an idea. Whoever the director of programming is and whoever's the uh, uh, program uh, director of that show maybe you want to just actually think it through again that what, what, what's their thinking that if people love it because it makes it look like the fans are there and our guys are cool and yeah. all that is that it yeah let, let the fans drink for the full game and then then put a camera in front of them it's a brilliant idea someone must like it or they wouldn't do it it's all like everybody you know tv people they think that's that's the way to go so the bulls key they did not run out of gas. And this is not just me. This is Will Perdue and uh, Waven Wendell, uh, Kendall, Kendall Gill. Kendall Gill. I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think it was, uh, no. We didn't have uh, Horace Grant wasn't there last not night. Not last night, no. How many times, and, and we can bring, I think Felix has an opinion on this. I know he has an opinion, but I think it's countered, which is always fun on Sports Talk Radio. All week, people were upset did you hear this one, Fred? So, uh, Jim Boylan, he has his first press conference. Yep. Monday, he'd been named in the morning. Right. I believe the oppressor, as they say, and I hate that word, was uh, set for like either noon or one, top of the hour, or whatever. Okay. <clears throat> and he was about an hour and a half late. I think, and a lot of people, 
media people. Right. We're very upset, I believe. Let me ask you, what else do they have to do? Well, of course. Yeah. Okay. You think any fans were upset that he was no. an hour and a half late? No, the fans are li- no. living their life. They you don't think worry Jim about it. Boylan was upset? No. No. You know where he was? Running uh, elongated practice. Sure. What your new coach is probably supposed to do. Then he was, he ran a tour, then they played Tuesday. Yep. And that's when they were all dead tired by five minutes into the second quarter. Yeah, five their ha- hands minutes. on knees. Yes. Four of the five guys on the court had their hands on their knees, which Will Purdue said, Phil Jackson said, don't I? Don't let me ever catch you with your hands on your knees. Or on, on your the court. pants. Yeah. Holding because that's, that shows the team that you're tired. The other team, yeah. that you're tired, they're going to run you to death. Five minutes into the second period of the first game, Tuesday, Stacey King said, oh, they're, they're tired. Yep. But he then he said what? He said, they're tired because they're playing defense. Yeah. Now, all well, week long, Fred, you heard this. Fans, media people saying, well, wait a minute. Boylan was the assistant coach. If he knew they were not in condition, why didn't he do something? Yeah, well, part of that's true. I mean, somewhere along the line, you would think you'd tell Fred and say, Freddie, we got to we got to get these guys in better shape. You think he didn't say that? Well, I don't know. That's a good question. And now here, Hoiberg was the good cop. You know, you can go back seven coaches with the Bulls now. I can't, but you can, because I didn't. And it's good cop, bad cop, good yeah. cop, bad cop, which is nothing wrong with that. That's the way it's been, you know. Billy Martin would come in after they had uh, a nice manager. Right. You know, and then you kick rear end and then they get tired. Gene Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So let me ask you about this conditioning thing. I was thinking about this because a lot of people thought it was good sport and uh, low hanging fruit to uh, jump on the boil. Well, gee, if he knew they didn't, they weren't in condition. Why didn't he say something? Well, maybe he did. Number two, they were saying. He was sabotaging Hoiberg by not telling him to run these guys more in practice. Yeah, I don't think. No. Yeah, he did. He wouldn't have done that. Here's, What's the point? Here's what it is. Maybe he didn't know they were out of condition because they weren't playing defense. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Has anyone said that since yeah. Monday? No, 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 no. How would you know? Because here's Hoiberg. He wanted to be loved. He was the good cop coach. Well, he I, wanted him to play defense, and they, they just wouldn't do it. And last night, if you watched the post game, uh, you saw yeah. Jim Boylan say, "You know, Jabari Parker today did, he shot the ball when he was supposed to shoot the ball. Yeah. He passed the ball when he was supposed to pass the ball. He played defense when he was supposed to play defense. So he was giving him kudos. And uh, you know, that's a thing that we've seen all season. The one thing that Jabari Parker usually doesn't do, and he even came out and said it. Said, I don't get paid to play defense, right? Because right, they didn't care. Yeah, because... now they better play defense, otherwise they're not going to play. All right, so." This guy wants to win. Not saying Hoiberg basically, didn't. Basically back to what Tibbs wanted his players to do, <laughs> and then cop. they let him go. Bad cop, good cop, right. bad cop. They let him go. Tell you what, let's take a break. We're getting right on the Bears. We, how long, tell me, take us out, Felix, please. Uh, yes, with, with this. Well, I had a thought on oh, this. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, you're good, you're good. So I'm, I'm thinking of this Jim Boylan thing, and, and I was one of them. I was really disappointed with like some of the things he had to say. And the quote that he had was, the I'm disappointed in our conditioning. He said that's going to change. And I know Fred mentioned that he also agreed with that when he made that comment. Um, why it's disappointing is I get the whole Fred Hoiberg was the head coach uh-huh. and he's there to push the guys yeah. to play defense. But when Jim Boylan was brought in, he was an assistant uh, head coach 
out in San Antonio Spurs, he was a defensive-minded guy. Uh So when he came into our team in 2015, that's what he was supposed to bring into the team. So if his team is not playing defense, that also falls on him. But maybe Hoiberg said, no, we're doing it my way. No, I I, don't know. I I did that. I mean, from what I saw, as far as the conditioning goes, his main purpose during practices was to work on defense with the guys. They weren't motivated or they weren't pushing. I get that they lost the message somewhere. But is it possible, like Fred and I was, is it possible he had no idea how they weren't in condition because they never were forced to play defense and they never had long practices? So really... How would he know unless it was just intuitively like a crystal ball or a uh, magic talking eight ball? How did he know they were not in condition? They were never played to their capacity where they got tired. I, I right? hear that, but he was he was in practices, so he knows. How I do mean, you know? But the practices were like an hour, it appears, and now they're two and a half hours. I know what you're saying. I mean, it's only been a few games. You could be right, a few, we don't, but we don't practices. know. I, yeah. I, I, we'll that's see. a great counterpoint. Murph and Fred were getting on the Bears back in a flash. Vote now at our uh, Twitter poll. We have two Bears questions. I need your votes right now at ESPN 1000. Chicago Sports, Murph and Fred will get back on the Bulls around 11 o'clock. Exciting victory. That was a great, uh, the way he finished the game, too, it was great because uh, he mentioned in the postgame, when he was talking to Kelly Krull from NBC Sports Chicago, yeah. that he was actually going to hand the ball off to Holiday, and he realized that uh-huh. Paul George was overplaying yep. him, so he made the spin move to the basket. Amazing. Real smart basketball Amazing. move by a, by a young player, and uh, as Jim Boylan said after the game, that, that finish kid's pretty good, too. The finisher, yeah, yeah. In fact, he was going to dish it off to Holiday, who had just nailed right. a three. Yep. And like I said, did the reverse spin move, his dribbling left, and then took the right hand right around him all the way. The the ball sort of hit the the, the layup or lay in, whatever these days you want to call. Them. Barely hit the front hit of the, the front rim of the going rim, up. Right. It was a little dangerous. Front of the rim, the oh. backboard <laughs> that went right in. So oh, here's what, and then we'll uh, on the Bears, but. One here, Stacy King said this in the middle of the second quarter. All right, Stacy's amazing, I believe. Stacy says, Boylan, talking about the new coach, says, Boylan constantly coaching during the game the younger players, not letting them slide. Now, well, the best thing he does is when somebody does something wrong, he tells them immediately. Well, a moment later, Holiday is coming off the court uh, on a, a, a timeout. Yeah. And there's Boylan, and usually now he's been putting his hand over his mouth. Didn't do it this time. What was that? Uh Uh-huh. He looks right at Holiday. What was that? Yeah. Right. But a guy like Stacey King, 
you know, there's a little politics involved. You know, he's paid by the Bulls, but he gives his opinion. Don't yes, get he me does. Wrong. But sometimes, you know, and you the day wanna... the Bulls, the day the Bulls tell him to stop is well, the day he should leave. Yeah, but he doesn't. Have, you don't have to use a sledgehammer. No. If, the, if I'm listening yeah. closely, he's saying it. And here, so when he says Boylan is constantly coaching, you know, during the game, the younger players not letting them slide. Now, why did he say not letting them slide? Because he's saying that's what Hoiberg did. That's just the way I read it. Uh huh. Right? There's a good chance. He didn't yeah. have to throw that in. Yeah. He didn't let him slide. Yeah, Hoiberg didn't always let the guy slide, but uh, enough. Well, he probably didn't want it to be shown yeah. out in public. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't think Boylan's got a problem with it. Stacey will join us uh, sometime this year. He joins yep. us uh, once uh, uh, every year on a Saturday. Don't want to put words in his mouth. In fact, I'm not. I'm just quoting him, and you can decide if that's what he meant or not. He doesn't let him slide. <laughs> Let's come to uh, our Bulls talk right now. And uh, if you'd like to vote... We'll keep these open for a few more minutes at ESPN 1000. Or you can vote live on the radio, 332-3776. Number one and number two, here we go. Number one, is Tariq Cohen getting enough touches? Yes or no? Number two, who can the Bears least afford to lose? Three names, multiple choice. Trubisky, they can least... I'm telling you, the quarterback is the guy they can least afford... Or B, Khalil Mack. You cannot afford to lose. He's irreplaceable. Mack. Or number three, Cohen. Oh, I love Cohen. Vote right now at ESPN 1000. Fred, remember we used to do uh, the fan, the fan court, Judge Murphy, yep. ba- Bailiff Hubner? Uh-huh. uh-huh. You look good in the robe. And except that time you took your bathrobe from yeah. home and you put it yeah. on. And a nice one. At least you didn't put it on backwards. No. Nope. Red and black checked. So, let's look at this question. Who's the uh, uh, player the Bears can least afford to lose? Okay. I did not say MVP, did I? No. Least afford to lose. Are they synonymous questions? No. No. I wouldn't put the MVP. So, here's Sylvie. Here's Sylvie the other day. Miss a little, miss a lot. Mark Silverman. He says... He says, everyone calls me Sylvie. I heard him say, someone said, Mark, I didn't know who they're talking to me. Right. <laughs> here's Sylvie. And this was uh, a couple days ago. He's talking about, uh, well, let's listen here. With the Bears, there's no doubt in my mind, the Bears' most valuable player is Khalil Mack. I agree with that. All I right. agree with that. Now, we're not asking MVP. Right. But Waddle there and Sylvie, you know, basically, no doubt about it, MVP is Mack. All right, then... About 15 minutes later, here's Sylvie again, and I guess someone, uh, a great listener, had texted in or called in or something off the air. Here's Sylvie. There was a a listener who was um, taking exception to me saying that Khalil Mack is the Bears MVP. He said he would call Trubisky the MVP. Now, I would not. Now, I, I understand how people rank it, that they say the quarterback is always the most valuable position in football. But I'm just looking like if you would replace... It's like the replay how they judge war, you know. Uh, if you would replace Trubisky with a just an average quarterback, how much different would the Bears be? If you would replace Mac with an average defensive end, how much different would the Bears be? And to me, there's a gr- a much, much, much greater gap between what Khalil Mack does for the Bears and what at this point still Mitch Trubisky does for the Bears. All right. He uh, puts his position out there very succinctly, clearly, 
well done. I mean, he made his point. Now, we had three options here. And again, this is not MVP. Who can the Bears least afford to lose? Trubisky, Mack, or Cohen? Three three two three seven seven six. Here is Dan Wiederer. Okay. Who is uh, the Tribune Bears beat guy and a regular contributor here, yep. uh, along with Jeff Dickerson on our Bears a beat, right? Here's uh, Wiederer uh, earlier this week also. He's talking about uh, Tariq Cohen. You're in a situation where Matt understands what you can get with Tariq Cohen, the number of different ways he can put strain on an opposing defense, and we see it week after week. Uh, Tariq has been fantastic this year. I think he's now on pace for over 1,300 yards from scrimmage, and you just see the way he's able to, to be a runner at times and then you know even more dynamic to, to come out of the backfield as a pass catcher, get downfield, make catches, get matchups against linebackers, and just be consistently productive. And uh, Mark Helfrich said it today, one of the big keys with Tariq Cohen is that, that quarterbacks can trust him. You don't often see a five foot six receiver being trusted <laughs> to catch one-on-one downfield balls, right? You're not, you're not throwing those up and saying, oh, he's going to get him. But Tariq is very good at that. And he's also, in, in Helfrich's words, very reliable on routes at being exactly where he's supposed to be, exactly when he's supposed to be there. And it's just led to this sort of uh, you know, heightened role and obviously a very productive season. All right. Uh, now, there's no right or wrong answer. That's why we have the Twitter polls. I want to see what you vote. Uh, not, Felix, let's give a couple more minutes to accumulate a few more uh, votes, okay? Uh, vote at ESPN 1000. So, Fred, you've already voted, huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's give everyone a minute or two more to vote at ESPN 1000. During, I was thinking, I could have called it the, not the MVP, the Bears uh, M. IP. Okay. Most irreplaceable player. That's what I was trying to, uh, you know, uh, articulate here uh, with the uh, phrase, uh, who can the Bears least afford to lose, which is the same thing as MIP, who is their most irreplaceable, you know, hardest to replace, least afford to lose player. Uh, Trubisky, uh, Mac, or Cohen, 3323776. Uh, let's first uh, slide in uh, Bear Fan Bob's on uh, I used to call it the Tri-State Tollway Fred, remember that the old days? Sure. That's 294, hello yep. Bob Good morning, and yes I am on 294 You know that's a great question It really is, as a matter of fact As I was driving down the road, even I had to think about it Even but, you, you know, I like it Even it, I, Bear Fan, I love yeah. it That means I've put well, together a, a good bit, question but, then, <laughs> but here we go Yeah the answer to your question is, last week against the Giants, Cohen was on the field, and so was Khalil Mack. Mitchell Trubisky was not. End result, they lose. If Trubisky was on the field last week, I believe Mitchell Trubisky would have found a way to win that game. Therefore, Mitchell Trubisky is probably the one uh, they can't afford to lose the most. All right. That would be my answer, and Very that's good. my way of thinking. I got you. For good. right or for wrong. All right. Anyways, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Rams game coming up. Ball control, ball control, ball control is going to be the big key to this game. Uh, case in point, if you keep uh, Goff and Gurley off the field from running the ball and throwing the ball and so on, you probably will win it. It's going to be a close game, but you got to keep them off the field and you got to keep the defense fresh. If you don't keep this defense fresh, these guys are going to have a field day. You know, uh, this is a big boy offense, and uh, I, I think it's going to do well, and I think also the Rams will give up some running game, give up some running. So I want to see Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, 
out there running a little bit better, and let's hope that offensive line can open up some more holes and, and, and these guys can run a little bit. And let's look for uh, Kyle Fuller to have a big game. Actually, I think the Bears' backfield should have a pretty good game. You might get a few picks on this, and when they do get a few picks, they need to score. Those were my thoughts, guys. Did you give us a final score yet, uh, Bear fan, Bob? Uh, I think Bears 27, Rams 24. There you I go. Think okay. This is going to be a slugfest. This is going to be a good one. Sounds great, Bob. Bundle up if you're going. Thanks a million, my friend. I am. Thanks. <laughs> have a good one. Bye-bye. Right, of course he's going. He's Bear fan, Bob. The yes. Bears actually have the sixth best time of possession in the NFL this year. But you always say that doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't think it matters at all. Um, you know, and, and so many people say, well, you know, the defense can't be on the field that long. Well, you, there's a way of getting of, of avoiding that. Go three and out on defense. Go de- three and out on defense, and then you get off the field. And um, the Rams are th- – it, it's it's so funny because the Bears are 30, point, uh, 30 minutes 59 seconds. The Rams are 30 minutes 53 seconds. I, I don't think time of possession matters. It matters what you do with the ball when you have the ball. If you can eat the ball, eat it up a little bit, fine. Field position matters probably more than time of possession, how as far as I'm do, concerned. Excuse me. How long do you possess the ball if you're uh, Eddie uh, Jackson? You pick it and you run 50 yards for a touchdown. Right. About four seconds, you yeah. possess the ball. Well, I, yeah. Do you even does that even count? I'm not even sure how it does. It must because I, they <laughs> they do time of possession for the full 60. So yeah, it must count Felix, for the time it, it, that it's immediately that? turned. That I'm not sure either. Okay. I don't know. All right. I might. All right. Well. I think it's pretty obvious who I'm voting for. As I've tried to, uh, again, uh, steer the jury over to, uh, I vote for Cohen. And yeah. I, I know that uh, a lot of people right now are, uh, you know, Murphy, you're an idiot. I'll just say this, then we'll get Fred's vote, and then we'll get the total numbers. And Felix, if you had to vote, had your vote too. Here's the thing. This guy, Cohen, is the, to me, is the one of the main reasons that... Nagy has a playbook, probably the size of a Chicago phone book. Uh-huh. Everything, not everything, but anytime Cohen's in the game, Cohen is either going to be doing something to confuse or distract the defense, make them double him, think about him. If he's man on man with the line. See, I don't. Okay, let's go back to number one. Let's bring in Felix. First question, and they do tie in. Duh. Is Tariq Cohen getting enough touches? I say no. Now, other than the fact you don't want him injured, which is anyone in football, right? And he's never shown yet. I hope I don't jinx him knocking on four Micah. That uh, you know he's built like the old brick, and he seems to know how to avoid the hard hit. He gets hit sometimes, of course, but he either gets out of bounds or avoids. He's strong, you know, upper body and lower body, but I don't think he's getting the ball enough, Fred. I would try to get him the ball even more on. On passes, they used to call them circle routes, but anything near the sidelines where he then can avoid, you know, major hits. I don't want to, you know, have him carrying the ball to the point where law of averages catches up and he and takes a. Uh, get. I don't know how you can he give is, this he guy is the ball. Their, he is their leading receiver. Enough. So well, well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, he's not just a runner. He's a receiver. He's also a passer. He also passes the ball. Yeah, they used to call it triple threat. Back in the, uh, you know, old, old, olden days. So, Fred, how did you vote on his Tariq Cohen getting enough touches? Uh, I said yes, he is. He's got 59 catches this year. Yeah. That's five more than Gabriel. 
And Gabriel actually had a bad game against the Giants. He he dropped a couple. And uh, he's probably not running the ball as much. But the Bears, I think, have seen that they've been unable to run the ball. And the best way to get Tariq Cohen mm-hmm. the ball is by throwing it to oh, I I say he needs And I don't want him running it anymore. I didn't, But touches, I don't think he's getting nearly enough touches. Fred says, uh, well, basically, yeah, he's probably... Uh, well, the reason I, I say he is yeah. is because you have Allen Robinson. You have... Trey Burton, who, thank goodness, uh, Mitchell Trubisky's quarterback, and because the last two games with Chase Daniel, I think Trey Burton was targeted twice total in two games. It's been brutal. And the one thing we know about Trey Burton is that he and Trubisky have a little bit of a thing. They know where each other's going to be, and uh, that's a good thing. But, you know, you've got guys like Allen Robinson, Gabriel Miller, all these weapons and I think Cohen's getting targeted probably more than any of them. So that's enough. I'm glad you brought the Burton. I know we're up against the break, Felix. I'm glad you brought Burton up. I read, you probably saw this, the Rams are 32nd in the league, worst in defending tight ends. Pass plays. They're 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 24th in the league in defense passing uh, defense. They're bad. They're last in stopping tight end pass plays. I wonder if this guy Nagy is so smart or so ahead of it that a week ago he said, you know what, I'm not going to throw the ball at all to Burton because the Rams are coming up and I want them not having any fresh tape on him for getting about him, lost in the shuffle, they don't throw to him anymore, and unleashing him. I hope they didn't because then they then they gave up the game. They gave up the Giants game because Burton was out there and he could have hurt the Giants. How about the two pat? This guy he Dan- was targeted once. I double checked it. Right. One target no. against the Giants. This guy Daniel. There were the two inter- the, the two picks were passes to Cohen. I'll be back in a flash, and we'll have the results. Murph and Fred. Yes, I couldn't believe those passes that were picked. Air under the ball. Well, if they don't try to run the ball out of the end zone on the opening kickoff, that it, it, it ah, never happens. That's it next. Yeah. Number 33, uh-huh. the special teams coach. Everyone thinks he's great. Back yeah, in a flash. Chris Tabor sucks. ESP, yes, 1,000. I just want to say really quickly, it sounded mean-spirited when I said Chris Tabor sucks. No, no, I... He's I, just not a good special teams coach, let's put it that way. Uh, I don't think you have to say that. I know, I felt like it, though. That's okay, then. Yeah, because that was the last thing people heard, so... Uh, I just think he's a bad special teams coach. First time in 25 years, I think I've heard you do that. Yeah. Are you becoming a little too... P- I'm sensitive, PC? I'm a sensitive... No, no, no not, definitely not PC. Did you hear what PETA wants to do? I hope to put put a lot of meat on it and then eat it. Oh, you mean P-E-T-A, not P-I-T-A. I love PETA. I don't think they'd be putting meat on anything. Went to Pinch. <laughs> Probably not. Went to a Pinch, the Mediterranean Grill out in Lombard the other day. Oh, it was awesome. I wish I could tell the Tony LaRusso story on the air. Yeah. No. Little Maybe shawarma. When he passes, I can, because then he can't sue me, right? Uh-huh. Okay. He won't eat. He's a big advocate of not eating meat. All right. Uh, my buddy used to be the GM of Aditka's over here on Chestnut. Gotcha. Okay, that's enough, right? Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, so and as long as... Oh, Bears- I, I'm sorry, I didn't say no, it. Peter, I, I'm sorry, I have to wrap up that real quick. Peter wants people to stop saying, uh, you know, we got to take the bull by the horns. 
No. Well, that's not going to happen. And, and then Peter yeah. wants to hear this one. They want people to stop saying, you know, well, we can kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> no, I, I saw that the other day. Anyway. Yeah. Well, they get all the... Uh, and the day the Bears yeah. just do not return a kick that's in the end zone or at the goal line. It's unbelievable. You know, the day that they decide just to take a knee or let the ball bounce through the end zone, then I will say Chris Tabor's learning. But right now, I don't think he's learning anything. All right, let's 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 define that. Since the guy, we could say I say he sucks. All right. Okay. You said he's a good person, but sucks oh, as a coach. I don't know if he's a good person or not. He's just a bad <laughs> coach. He might be a good. person. He could be a great guy. All right. Opening kickoff. I'm a great guy, but I can't coach. Opening kickoff, right? And maybe not a great guy. Yeah. Mizell? Yes. Well, take a take pic- Juan Mizell. Take a picture of him because I don't think you'll oh, see. Oh no, no, they love him. Well, then this is the coach. He was there because Benny Cunningham was out. I know, right? But so, you're right. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So the opening kickoff is landing three yards deep in the end zone. Yeah. By the way, Fred, there's a new rule, and we've talked about it. That after a hundred years of football, if you the ball is kicked off and is in the uh, far end, in the you in know, the end zone. If it bounces zone, in the end zone, it's no longer live. No, it's dead. Dead it, ball. It used to be it could kick off, and if the other team lost it in the sun or or didn't or took a hop and lying there spinning around in the end zone, you and, had to fall on it. And the kicking right. team fell on it. Touchdown. Yep. Well, they want to avoid any contact. And okay, that's another topic. Now it's a dead ball. Yep. So this melon head is three yards deep. Opening kickoff, and he tries to catch it. It hits his 33, his shoulder pads, and ricochets back onto the field, right? And he has to fall on it, and they have the ball. He gets it out to about, I think, the 15. It was it was not in the opening kickoff. They had it at the 2. The opening kickoff, they had it at the 2. That's why the second play of the game. Oh, right, right, right. right. That's why the second play of the game was an interception uh, returned two yards by Alex Ogletree. Right. Uh, Regardless. The, the worst thing you could possibly do. Matt Nagy yeah. has the first 15 play script, and his right. first play is not a play from the two yard line. Thanks. So, this guy, 33, Mizell, he's three yards deep. If he just steps aside and you let the ball. Let the ball land, bounce through. Just yeah. touch the earth. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then it's a dead ball, 25 yard line. That's right. Don't they teach these guys, like, like you know, the punter, punt returner? Don't. Put your heels on the 10 and don't retreat no. because if it's over your head, leave it go. There must be new rules nowadays. There must be new rules well, on all that well, because that w- everybody's returning uh, is catching punch at the 5, the 4, the 6. Well, that wasn't enough. No. After the pick uh, uh, 6, right? Yeah. They kick off again. Yep. Now, this time, the ball is coming down right. It would have probably hit about two inches in front of the goal line had it not been touched. Right. No. He catches it. He's on the goal line and catches this ball. Yep. And he runs it out. This time, he runs it out to the uh, 50, the, the third, what do I have? Yeah, here? it's short. The 13 or 15, yeah. somewhere like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't no. get very far out. That's the second time in a row. So Chris Tabor, you know, they must say if the ball's not completely in the end zone, they try to run it out. That's what they tried to do, and that's that's why it's a mistake. If he stepped aside, the ball was probably going to hit on about the one-foot line. Now, if you had 100 of those kicks coming down on the one-yard line, one-foot line, rather, what would you guess? About 99% of them would go into the end zone. On a kickoff, every one of them. 100%. It would almost be impossible to land and backspin. Yes. Yeah, it was terrible. What are they thinking? I don't don't know that they are thinking. 
Murph so. and Fred back on the Bears. Vote now. We got the baseball coming up. A lot of Bears coming up. Sam Smith with the exciting Bulls game. I'm jacked up. Everybody, he's an old this coach. Why did they take a guy like this? Back in a flash. Hour number two. Murph and Fred till noon. ESPN one thousand. <laughs> And Fred, hope you're having a great Saturday. Talking Bears, seven, seven straight up seven tomorrow, seven twenty tomorrow, whatever. Seven, I think it's like seven fifteen ish or right. something like that. Cool. Yeah, cool. Hollywood Mike go out at uh, yeah. Twin Peaks from four to seven. Come on out. We'll. Uh, I said I think we're. Uh, we're there at Twin Peaks out in Orland Park from 4 to 7. Mongo will be there. We'll be talking about the game, mm-hmm. checking in with J.D. from Soldier Field. One of the biggest games the Bears have had in a long, long time. And it was so big that the uh, networks decided and the NFL decided to flex it and put it on Sunday night. Three three two three seven seven six. We'll get right to our uh, ongoing Twitter poll uh, questions. Is uh, Tariq Cohen getting enough touches, yes or no? I voted no. Fred voted yes. We'll get your results momentarily. And who can the Bears least afford to lose? Or who is the Bears' MIP, the most irreplaceable player? But uh, the paying customers are on the uh, line here. Let's start with Henry uh, in Daytona Beach. Hello, Henry. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Henry, is, Henry uh, no Blackhawk talk today, Henry. Is uh, Tariq Cohen getting enough touches, uh, Henry? Um, yeah, I think he should get more. I agree with you. Yes. Uh, See, like Fred. <laughs> Fred, hear that? Yep. Two to one against you so far. Thank you, Henry. And, guys, I would love to talk about Blackhawks, but um, unfortunately they're not playing hockey this year. Uh, so I did want to ask you about Cody White here. I know the ball was wet last week, but I feel like a couple games before that, too, he's been having some trouble snapping the ball consistently. I know Daniels, like, jumped up and down for a couple of them, and a couple of them were low. I don't know if James Daniels is a better center, or I don't know what we should do about it. What do you guys think? That's a great point, because uh, right now, with yeah. with Kyle Long out, you're not really going to move Daniels anywhere uh, to center, and uh, maybe in, in the off season or something like that, if they get another guard. But you're right, white hair snaps or something that they gotta they gotta work on because the low one really bothered me. The one that was right at his face, he took his eyes off it. I don't know how you can take your eyes off a ball that's coming right at you, but he seemed to do that. And um, but yeah, there the last thing Chase Daniels should have to worry about is a snap not being there, and uh, he had to worry about it the last two games. Now he's got more to worry about than that. You're right, yeah. a lot more. Uh, Henry, great job, thanks. Buddy, appreciate it. Thanks, Henry. Take care. All right, thanks, you guys. I look forward to talking hockey with you next year. Bye. <laughs> thanks, Henry. Wait till next year. <laughs> oh, you know what? That reminds me. There's, uh, Henry's I, a great listener. He calls all the time about Sucks of Hawks, but not right now. I understand there's a uh, they're printing up uh, a new Cub uh, T-shirt slogan for uh, next uh, year at Wrigley Field. Oh, yeah? Yeah, maybe I'll be the first one to be able to buy one. Huh. Yeah. If we win, we win. Otherwise, wait till next year. Mm-hmm. Three, three, That's two, a lot three, to seven, put on a seven, T-shirt. Well, well, the real small print would be otherwise wait till next year. Oh, okay, okay. We're getting to the Cubs and Sox in a few minutes. Three three two three seven seven six. So is Tariq Cohen getting enough touches? 
two to one right now. It's overwhelmingly against you, Fred. Yeah, Jeff. I know. I know. He's like I said. He's, he leads the team uh-huh. with fifty nine catches, six hundred and fifty nine yards. Uh, with four touchdowns. And uh, the only person with more touchdowns, well, actually two of them, Anthony Miller has six touchdowns, Trey Burton has five touchdowns. Well, Cohen, he should have had another. The two picks, can I just say this? Two weeks ago, Fred, we talked about maybe three. One of the great, great traits that of Trubisky is his ability, and they call it the free throw style pass, the touch pass, the floater. There's a million words. Put some more air uh-huh. under it. Right. Now, this guy, Daniel, and uh, we heard correctly for two weeks, well, you know, nobody knows the playbook uh, uh, as well as, uh, well, Nagy. And the only right. one that knows it almost as well as Nagy is Daniel. Right? We heard that. Yep. Unfortunately, the guy can't throw the ball. Now, he made some nice passes tight into windows, but he doesn't have the ability, because both picks. Well, if he had touch, he'd be a starter. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but wouldn't? But you know, off the first, the first pick, he didn't see the guy. I don't know if he how he could have seen the guy. I, I heard that. Yeah. I didn't believe it. And the second one, I know he didn't see the guy. There's no way he saw the, the guy. The one where Cohen was empty in the end yeah. zone. Yeah. He was headed to the end zone, yeah. he. There's no way he saw the guy because the guy uh, slid over. He dropped back into coverage and slid over, and he leaped. And at the top of his great, jump, great catch. top of his jump, Ogletree got the ball and tipped it down. It, all he had to do was put another two inches of air yeah. under it, and it's a touchdown. Well, why didn't he float it anyway? Yeah. Maybe there's a guy I don't see. Well, sometimes when you float a ball and there's a defender there, he can get there before the ball does. Not, so you not be, if you lead Cohen. Yeah, That's, I know. Not if you lead Cohen. Oh, I agree. I agree. But you'll see in, 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 in quarterbacks and passes each and every Sunday, mm-hmm. you'll see balls that should have been, weren't. Oh, I know. But, but just a, a, a dovetail back, double back. Someone, an expert, and we, I knew, we didn't have the tape, but we talked about it. Some expert said the toughest pass for a quarterback is... And you would think it'd be like maybe the easiest, you know, because it's a little touch. No, the touch pass, touch pass is tough. Getting it, making sure you get it over the head of the linebacker and you get it right to where your guy is. It's not, it's not an easy pass. That's the second play in a game when they're down on their own thirteen after, after uh, two down on their own two two after Fathead, number Fathead back to number thirty three. Uh, now. All he's got to do is float that ball to Cohen. He's got 20, 30 yards. Maybe he didn't see the guy. I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, the guy came off the edge. Didn't see him. They do it right to him. And even he said after the game, he said fans are probably saying, what the heck are you throwing it to him for? Uh, and that's, that is what we were all saying. All right, let's bring in uh, Felix the Cat. Felix, what the fans say is Tariq Cohen getting enough touches uh, right now with three votes in. Me, our friend down in uh, Daytona Beach, and Fred, it's 66%. He's not getting enough, and Fred's vote, 33%, says yes, he is. But that's three votes. I hope uh, we have closer. Uh, what do we have? I have no idea where this is going. You want to guess, Fred, whether you think that you're out of step or I'm out of step, or is it going to be like 50 50? Uh, I'm going to say that uh, it's going to be. Um, you're going to win this. 60 40. He's getting enough. That's, I, I think that you're right. What you said is going to be the winner. Felix, did you want to vote on this? Well, yeah. I mean, my, my I agree with Fred, too. I think he is getting enough touches. Well, then we already know that that's the response because Felix wouldn't. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Felix no. doesn't want to be wrong. He doesn't want to be on the wrong but, side uh, of things. Just but, but I do agree. I, I do agree with that statement. Anyway, so we have here, is Tariq Cohen getting enough touches? 67% are saying yes. 33% are saying no. 
Well, it's nice to know that at least a third of our listeners know what they're talking about. If you ask that same question, <laughs> if you ask that same question, is Jordan uh, Howard getting enough touchdown touches? Yeah. It would be like ninety-five percent no, and five percent yes. In the first half of he the game against the Giants, next year. in the first half of the game against the Giants, he did very well, and then for some reason, the second half they give the ball twice. Well, they ran him five in the. Uh, let's see here, they ran him four plays, five plays in a row. It was six uh, minutes uh, to go there in the first quarter, and that's when he had his uh, picked up the twenty-one yard, uh, a two-yard, a three-yard, twenty-one, and eight, and a three. And he was starting to get as they say, first time I've ever used this friend. lathered up. But then they didn't use him again. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know why. And I also there was a there was a cut during the course of the week. We don't have it, but someone was asking uh, Matt Nagy if he about being cute in some of his play calling, and unfortunately. The reporter that asked the question then backtracked when Nagy said, do you think I'm too cute sometimes? Yeah. They backtracked. Somebody should have had the guts to stand up and said, yeah, excuse me, coach. Yeah, you're a little too cute. You're third and goal at the one, and you decided to have a direct snap to Jordan Howard. Then when you said it was cold and rainy and the ball was slippery, you decide to hand it off to a defensive tackle. Now, the play worked. But, yeah, you're being a little too cute. I thought that he had earlier said, maybe post-game, that because of the weather and that, he didn't want the shotgun back. And that's why he had Daniel under center to avoid slippery ball. Yeah, but then he gives the ball to to Akeem Hicks. Does that make any sense? Yeah. It doesn't make do you any think, sense. You think Hicks is going to drop it? Does he? Have, does Hicks ever play with the ball? His paws are as as big as a loaf of bread. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, defensive guys are defensive guys because they can't be offensive guys. He was doing homage to the fridge. I don't care what I, it worked. Freezer left. It's a fridge. It worked, but on fourth down, you got to have you got to have a better play than that. I know it worked. Uh, everybody's going to say I'm wrong, but. So you know, he's done. Fortunately, it worked. He's anyway, he ran back-to-back trick plays. I know. A direct snap to Jordan. Did you not want Chase Daniel under center? That's fine. A deep, uh, a deep cut on my yellow pad for today. I never thought we'd get to it, but you just led us there. What will be his next trick play? We can work on oh, that. Oh my maybe lord! Later. Because so far he's run. I think it was three. You remember two of the T formation, whichever homage yeah. to you know. We'll never forget the way you throw the nation. Uh, uh, the uh, freezer left for the fridge. Yep. The players did the Super Bowl shuffle sort of pantomime after a uh, touchdown a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, they did the Oompa Loompa for the uh, game game tying touchdown. Right. Yeah, that's what that was called when Tariq Cohen threw the ball. It was I, interesting hearing Trey Burton say that he was having, having anxiety yeah, I didn't attacks. Get, I didn't get that. But, I was surprised he admitted it. And Nagy said, well, that's okay. We'll just uh, reverse the menu, and uh, you'll uh, flip it over to Cohen instead of vice versa, right? Yeah. And Cohen will pass it. Yep. Yeah. But people don't want Cohen touching the ball. It was the only time Cohen had actually ever thrown the ball to Miller mm-hmm. on that practice play. The, the first time he ever did it was Friday. <laughs> the uh, I think I, I have an idea. See, this guy, Nagy. He's got something up his sleeve always that's never been done or done. No, he's, a, he's a genius. Like I said, geniuses, it's always great when geniuses run plays and they work. Now you're being sarcastic. Yeah, I am. He's when a, geniuses run plays and they don't work, then you're then you're not so much a genius. He's not a genie ass. Is no, that what I, I, uh, I love what he's done. Uh-huh. I just think sometimes he gets a little too cute uh-huh. in key situations. Now, 
Speaking of Nagy, and we ran this cut. And again, I'm the, probably the only person in Chicago that feels that way. Last week, but it's worthy. Again, this is from about two weeks ago when Nagy was being asked, you know, I, you don't run, are you running the ball enough? And, uh, well, here was his answer. And uh, this, is, again, is from about uh, 10 days ago, but it's still fresh. Here, let's listen. Here's Nagy's thoughts because it's going to be pertinent, it appears, against the Rams. They're going to be running the ball more, or are they? No, I don't, I don't think too much is being made of it. Um, you have to be able to run the football, inevitably. You can't be one-dimensional. Um, it's just like on defense. You've got to be able to stop the run. So, uh, um, for, for me, running the ball is important. But I'm not going to just run the ball just to say and make people happy that we ran the ball. That's not, that's not what I do. So we're going to do whatever we think we do to, to, for the best matchup and whatever works for that week. If it's running the ball 50 times and, we got, and that's the way we're going to win, I'll run the ball 50 times. If it's running the ball five times and that's how we're going to win, I'll run the ball five times. So, um, you know, I think the – I think the biggest thing right now is uh, you get into all this fantasy stuff that everybody's doing. And I think their emotions get a little bit tied up into that. But I just want to win games. And so that's all That's all I really See, care about. I, I trust the guy. and uh, well, I trust him, too. Well, I just but, don't think there'll ever be a time where he runs like the ball more. But you don't like the uh, tricky, cutie stuff. I don't like a direct snap to Jordan Howard at third and goal at the, at the one. All right, There's I no can, reason for it. And I also didn't he like... he can't see the ball and can't catch it half the time. I also didn't like the freezer left play. It worked. Congratulations. They were down. It was fourth and what? Less than one or fourth yeah. and one? Yeah. Fourth and goal on the and one? for the first time ever, you're giving the ball to Akeem Hicks on a slippery, wet day in in New York. So He's I, got the big know, meat hooks. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. All right. I can't delay this anymore. I have to find out. What you voted. Who can the Bears least afford to lose? Trubisky, Mack, or Cohen? We've been kicking this around for about an hour. Let's find out. We're bringing Felix the Cat. I vote Cohen. Everybody else is going to say, come on, Murph. So Cohen's probably got about 1%. Trubisky was a Bear fan. Bob, uh, that was you too, right, Fred? You voted? No, I I voted back. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So uh, we're going to have about 50% uh, Mac, 49% Trubisky, 1% Cohen. That's my vote. Now let's bring in Felix the Cat. What the fans say as to the Bears' MIP, not MVP, the most irreplaceable player. Felix. All right. we Start from the bottom. Give yep, me my. Giving you bottom yeah, up. Give me 6% it. is Cohen. Ah, 6%. You got 6. So you got 6. That's more than 1%. Very sad. Very yeah. sad. Very disappointing. At 30 Three percent we got Khalil Mack, and then sixty-one percent is Trubisky. I think Thanks. a lot of that obviously is by last Sunday's yeah, performance. Yeah, I, 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 I would love Thanks, to. Have, I would love to have asked that question after the Detroit win at Thanksgiving. I oh, think yeah. it would have been more Mac as opposed to Trubisky. But after we saw Chase Daniels a backup for a good reason uh, with his performance last week in New York, then everybody I think jumped on the uh, Trubisky. Here's, here's why I vote Cohen. All right, they they were two and zero without Mac. They replaced him because Fangio. They didn't replace. They didn't have a guy. In, they don't. I understand. You don't have a guy in the bench you bring in to replace him. But he juggled this, juggled that, mixed these guys in and out. Probably changed schemes a little bit. Kept the so they won two games without Mac. Right. One and one with Daniel, who was brutal last week. Yeah, he was terrible. And he was just what he was supposed to be. 
You know, it was a kind way to say it, right? In the victory. He fumbled the ball four times last week, but he did recover all of them. Well, they were all just fell to his ankle. Well, that the one when he handed the ball off to Jordan oh, yeah. Howard. Oh, yeah, right. And the ball was just like kind of... I, I was worried. I thought he had Dave Craig hands. Okay. You know, so the, little, me, the little hands uh, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. I did not mention you, Sylvie. Let me ask uh, Felix and Fred. So, 6% agreed with me, though they didn't know how it was voting when they voted, that Cohen is the uh, MIP, most irreplaceable player. So... God forbid, Cohen's out. What does that do? Well, then take one. Mizell would do that. <laughs> that was funny. So, God forbid, Cohen's out. Yeah, you can't lose him. Who do you- He's a stud. So is he the most irreplaceable? You're changing your vote, maybe. No, no. Okay. I'm leaving it. Okay. How do you replace him? And what does it do to the overall playbook of Coach Nagy, where me, it appears... That almost whenever Cohen's in the game, everything revolves around putting him in motion, the other team watching him, double-teaming him. They know he's going to be in an island, on the linebacker, on the circle, or down the sideline and out. I, I don't think that this guy gets nearly enough acknowledgement, credit, for what he does to the... everyone. Talk, okay, Nagy, the offensive uh, wizard... If you believe in that or not, whatever. Uh, Nagy's got the big, thick playbook. Okay, whatever. With And I just want to say, I understand Trubisky's important. I'm not an idiot. I understand Mac's important. I'm not an idiot. I just think that without Cohen, this whole thing on offense breaks down. That's uh, why Ryan Pace drafted him, because of all the things he can do. Well, yeah. And he surprised a lot of people. They weren't sure if he could do these things, and he's proven that he can. So, I just think he's... As irreplaceable as the other two guys. That's what I'm going to say, and I'm going to stick back. Okay. And he drafted Shaheen for a reason, too. Yep. Remember we had the... Uh, yeah, for the, the, the throws into the end zone when you were at the two. Remember our Twitter poll last week? Is Shaheen simply a uh, red zone guy? Yeah, yes we all no? and it, we voted no. People said no. No, he's think. not just a red zone no. guy. Right. They haven't really had much chance to unleash him yet, if that's their, not maybe, to utilize him enough yet, seam routes, you know, in midfield and that. But, you know, I hope that's coming. Felix, I'm sorry I uh, interrupted your, uh, did you have a vote on that? Did, did you say I'm sorry? Well, no, I I mean, I see what the fans are saying be- due to last game, uh-huh. but I agree, I, I'm I think Mac is irreplaceable for many reasons. Well, of course because he is, but is he the most? I think he is the all most. Right, all right. And and that has to do a lot with the offense, as good as the offense has been for us. It's not there yet where we would like to see it. Like when you see the Los Angeles Rams, you know what they do day in and day out. I think the Bears are trending that way. But when you look at our defense, you have that game changer, and that's Khalil Mack. Right. And without Khalil Mack, mm-hmm. our defense is good. But when you depend on it and, and you, you're looking for that big game changer to get to your quarterback, there's that one guy there. And Khalil Mack the, is no doubt the guy I'm, I'm depending on. Yeah, the one thing, though, is that when you look at it, uh, in Murph's case, uh, is that the one, you know, the two games that Khalil Mack missed, uh, the defense played an amazing game against Buffalo without Khalil Mack. They there. didn't replace him, but they replaced his loss. Yeah, Correct. but whatever. Yeah. He wasn't on the field. And what I'm saying is well, he wasn't on the field. The defense played really well that game. And that's because of Fangio and depth. Yeah. They and don't have depth where Cohen is. That's sort of, I guess, what I'm also throwing in there. Okay. Now, before we get over to some, let's get to some baseball, all right? I'm ready. But one last Bears uh, a note here real quick. 
soundbite from the Fox TV Sunday. And this is not incorrect. What they're going to say is factual. But it's not everything. Remember the old expression, tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the... Well, not the expression. Do you solemnly swear to... Right. Tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, help me God. Uh, yes, I do, Your Honor. Do they still say, so help me God, or do you say, so help me? I think they eliminated that Peter got involved. Uh-huh. Right, okay, yeah. whatever, just joking. So, this comes up all the time, and it's true. It's a quick little, like, three, four-second cut. This is from uh, when the guys, uh, the Fox uh, guys in the booth... And uh, they were talking about Mac. They did a, about two, three minutes soliloquy on how terrific he is, which is great and warranted, and it was great to see. Uh, but here's what they sort of slipped in there. And again, this is factual, but tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Bears gave up two first-round picks to the Raiders, and they gave $141 million, and it's worth it. All right. Factual. Yeah. But the trade was more than just the two number ones. Yeah, they got a number two back, ah. which was huge. Well, yes. Yeah. And that's the part of, he told the truth, but he didn't tell the whole truth. Which is why that's in there, by the way. Like, yeah, but nobody, no, no, to be honest with you, nobody except people in Chicago care about the number two coming no, no, back. No, I understand. Right. But right. let's. it's the 2020 draft, right? Where we get the number two. I have to double check. Well, I believe so. So we lose the number one the next two seasons. Yep. And we got back at two. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. But I think it's 2020. But it's irrelevant to where I'm going real quick. So that's the Oakland pick. Now, let's just play a game. Where's, where's my what if belt? So here's why I think it's important to always factor in or remember. And like Fred said, you know, most people don't care. But the number two pick coming back. Yep. In fact, we didn't know about that pick coming back. Remember, we were on the air yep. Saturday morning. The uh-huh. trade broke like when an hour or two before we came on. Yep. Okay. And it wasn't defined until either much later in the day. We had no idea. We day. thought Danny Trevathan maybe going. We didn't know. We didn't know. Two was no. com- All we knew was two number ones. We weren't even sure of two number ones at the point. We just said they right. had an agreement. You're right. Right. So, I believe it's 2020, but even if it's... That is. It's 2020. Okay. All right. So, let's... What if... What if the Bears win the Super Bowl in 2019? The Bears would pick, what, 32nd? Yep. In the first round. Well, they, yeah. Okay, and. That would be their pick. Well, I'm sorry. That's, well, that would be the Oakland pick. Yeah. That we've, that they traded. Right. But we got back, the Bears get back the number, second round pick for Oakland. Yeah, and if they're last. Well, yeah, there you go. So let's say Oakland finishes 32nd. In 2019. Right. The Bears would get their second round pick, which would be... One pick later. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, possibly, he traded the number one pick in 2019 to Oakland, and he went down one spot, one slot in uh, the 2020 draft. Yeah, if they're lucky enough. Yeah. Well, no, no, I just said, right. that's why I have the what-if belt. Yeah. No, if those two things occurred, right. and the odds, who knows, the Bears win the Super Bowl and Oakland finishes last, they moved down one slot. Bears gave up two first-round picks to the Raiders, and they gave them $141 million, and it's worth it. Which is very factual. Murph and Fred taking a break. Let's get into some baseball talk when we return, and uh, let's see. Got a couple uh, Twitter poll questions uh, for you right now. Who wants Bryce Harper? 
That's not one of your questions. That's just my question. Okay. Today, who has the easier path next this coming baseball season? Vote now. Who has the easier path to win their division, Cubs or Sox? Okay. Vote now at ESPN 1000. Back on the uh, Bulls beat. Uh, uh, top of the hour with Sam Smith. Back on the Bears beat. Let's a little baseball hot stove. Back in a flash, Murph and Fred, ESPN 1000. Fred Hubner back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Hey, at the 50-yard line, halfway home, Murph and Fred, 9 till noon on Saturdays. Glad you're with us. Uh, we're going to step aside for a minute from a lot of Bears talk, and uh, we'll be back on that exciting Bulls game but, uh, with Sam Smith in about a half hour. Let's talk a little, give me a little baseball music there, Felix. All right, uh, we have three Twitter polls active right now. Number one, who has the easier path to win their division today? Uh, it would be the uh, Cubs or the Sox. Vote now. Or 3323776. Second of the three, yes or no, would Jerry Reinsdorf spend $300 million on Royce Harper? Yes or no? Not should he, not is it a good idea, would he spend $300 million, you know, if he thought it was the right thing and his staff said and then Rick Hahn said, you know, would he do it? That's simply the question. And third, the Cubs say we got no money for free agents, A or B. It's a bluff or it's serious, all right? But, Fred... Let's get into a little baseball talk here. Let's uh, let's do something like this. Let's maybe alternate back and forth. Uh, I'll give you some. Uh, you go first. Uh, with, but did you want to vote first, Fred? Or give me your thoughts on who has the easier path? I think it's the uh, the White Sox in the AL Central. Ah, how come? Yeah, because the Indians are losing players. They're gonna they're gonna get rid of either Kluber uh-huh. or uh, Bauer before the season starts. Uh, Brantley's going to leave. Mm-hmm. Kipnis is going to leave. Mm-hmm. They got they're too much money there. They've had um, no attendance recently also. Their attendance has been right. absolutely brutal, right. um, which is weird because you know when they were winning, they were packing it in oh, for yeah. like five, six years in a row up there. Now, the um, rest of the division, excuse me, so Minnesota, Kansas City, Minnesota's Detroit, got a new manager. They're all tanking. Yeah, they're all bad. Uh, well, I think Minnesota's trying to win. That's why they just switched managers. It's going to take yeah, a little while right, for them. Whatever. They've been trying for the last couple of years. Kansas City, Detroit. Uh, Detroit's still old. I mean, they're gonna, they're going to try to figure things out. So I think the the easiest path is the American League Central right now, and that's why a lot of people are thinking the White Sox can make a move right now. And the Cubs right now. And I heard someone ask the question, but I already had it written down Tuesday on the they yellow pad. They asked it two or three times this week. Well, but I had it written down, so I'm not stealing this. And it was ridiculed. The question was ridiculed uh-huh. that if the, uh, again, if the season started today, which it isn't. I understand that. Uh, the Cubs are the third best team in the uh, division. 
St. Louis with Goldschmidt. Uh, the Brewers, you see, the Brewers are uh, in the mix for uh, DJ LeMayu. Yeah. <laughs> How about these guys? Well, you, you saw that they listing the thing that people they picked yeah. up from Yellish and up and down. Well, they brought in the Johnson Scope and Scope just left. Well, he, yeah, he had because he was he had a brutal year, Horrible. but he's still he's still a young player and he could still get better again. I wouldn't take him with your money. And uh, yeah, well, I got nothing. What are you going to pay him a buck fifty? But anyway, um, but uh, yeah, so you know, all of the get the guys in Milwaukee picked up. Plus, Milwaukee's getting pitchers back that yeah. were injured. Jimmy Nelson and a couple other guys. So, um, you know, the Cubs are going with what they got. And Paul Goldschmidt signs with the Cardinals, which is a tremendous signing. Absolutely tremendous signing. So They're waiting in the weeds, these Cardinals. I don't know what they're planning at Clark and Addison, but Felix, give us the results for uh, Twitter poll uh, active right now, number nine. Cubs say they have no money for free agents. A, it's a big bluff. A smart, strategic, leverage bluff. If they literally said the words, we don't have the money, okay, that would be wrong. Right. Yeah. No money for free agents. Uh huh. Maybe not in your left pocket you don't have the money, but in your right pocket you're loaded. But they got different drawers of yes. money. Yes, they do. This is an LLC over here. Uh-huh. A what? Well, that means we can't move the money from this drawer to that drawer. Yeah. Because that's that's for the brick house bar. We can't put that into the into the Harper fund. I've always what? got my house money in my right pocket, my <laughs> my own money in my left pocket. Always. Sounds like the beginning of a joke that we don't want to tell uh-huh. on the air. Yeah. Uh, so what? You know, uh, the fans have voted. Felix, let's bring you in. Always remembering. But uh, a good chunk of the votes uh, can be and should be Sox fans, and they can and might uh, sabotage a vote on any, but whatever. So I'm very interested. How the vote and vice versa, you know, Cup right. fans voting on a Sox question. So how this turn out, Felix? All right, low to top. I mean, bottom to top. Uh, it goes 32 percent are saying it's serious, and 68 percent are saying it's a bluff. This will be fun. Thank you. This will be fun to find out. We won't know. Nobody knows. Uh, Theo knows. Was... He won't tell you. Yeah. I agree with that. You yeah. see, Crane Kenny and uh, Tom Ricketts, they control the, the purse. Now, can Theo assuage them? Can he uh, uh, cajole them? Can he say, I need more money. You can't shut my checkbook down. That's why I came here. And then Ricketts goes, you know what, though? I always think, what if... What if uh, Harper is the next Hayward? Ah! That's what I'm worried about. Hey, Felix, you're a big Cub fan. You know, now not to stump you because I had to look this up. Off the top of your head, what do you think is the remaining years and dough of uh, Jason Hayward? Uh, guess or maybe you know or just say, I don't know, Murph. I believe I saw it not too long right. ago. I think it's $106 million? Or is it $103, $106 million, yeah. right For around that ballpark? For, for the rest of his contract, so, I believe it's five years. Yep. Five wow. years. And here's what it is. This year it's 20. Next year's 21. And then 22, 22, 22. Oh, she liked 22. That's a movie before your time. Sorry, Felix. <laughs> 22, 22, 22. That's 66, 76, 89. It's about 110 or whatever. Now, that money is not going anywhere. Well, it is. Oh, Jason Hayward. Yeah. <laughs> Go right to Jason Hayward, the Jason Hayward's uh, children's community or college fund. I've heard people say, "Well, you know what? They can someone they can move some of it." No, you can't move. We've done this over the past, so we'll make this quick. Here's how you determine what any.
current player under a long-term deal's value is? You say to yourself, said said I, what would his value be today on the open market if Jason Haywood were a free agent? We did this a few months ago, you guys, and here's what it would be, give or take. No general manager. Say you're the Giants, and you're going to tank for two years, and you got no one in right field. But they say, oh, you know what, we could put Jason Hayward out there. He's respectable. And then uh, you call Theo and, you know, here's what we would offer uh, you. Exactly what we'd offer Hayward if he were a free agent. Right. They'd say two years at $10 million and $10 million. And Theo, can you throw in a double-A prospect? Oh, okay, here. So this year you would only owe him 10 instead of 20 Next year, you'd only owe him 10 instead of 21, and you'd still be there for the 22, 22, 22. You, he's there. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I get, and, I and then you wonder why Ricketts can't even, yeah. don't you think Tom Ricketts even possibly says to himself, is there a chance that Harper is going to be another Hayward? You got, it's got to pass through his brain. Listen, Harper was an MVP in 2015. His last three seasons, his his war the last three seasons. What is it good for? It's not good for much. Absolutely not. His war the last three seasons is a cumulative <laughs> uh-huh. war of 7.5. That would be one year for an MVP type guy, right? Russell, yeah, well, whatever. for example, Mike Trout's war the last three years yeah. is accumulated combined 27.3. Mookie Betts, 27. Altuve, 21. Bryce Harper's war over the last three years yeah. is 7.5. That puts him 86th in baseball. That's be- no good. Between, huh? between Scooter Jeanette and Ben Zobris. Well, I like those so, two guys. Do you want to pay a guy like that? Three hundred plus million for ten years? You got to be out of your mind. All these White Sox fans, Zobrist, are like ten million dollar a year type guys. All these White Sox fans are getting back to me. He's just hitting his prime. Well, apparently his prime was twenty fifteen when he was the MVP. The age prime. The last three years. The age prime. The last three years have not been good. Okay, I don't care what anybody says. Hold that thought. Well, look at Hayward's age. Hayward's twenty nine. They signed him. See, for I don't want to look at Hayward. You no, have no, no, to because no, he's no, a cop. No. But they, they signed him. Look at him no, for no, five no, more years. They signed. This is on your topic. Yeah. They signed Hayward at age twenty six. Yep. At age twenty seven, he aged ten years. <laughs> I've never seen it. He, they you know, got Bobby Mercer's rocking chair. He got thick, which is a lot of get, you know. It's normal. You get older, you get I thick. I got thick in my forties. Sounds like it's a young, you're no joke. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So. That's what, okay, you never know how, you see, a scout or a, a GM has to also determine, you know what, I'm going to bring in Ned Coletti's book, The Big Chair, next week. Yeah. He did about 20 pages on how to analyze a free agent, if you're the GM, and there's like 50 things. You got to talk to his high school coaches, college coach, his teammates, and one of them was, you have to have your medical team project his body image over each year for the next five years. Really? Thank, That's thank what they goodness, do. Thank goodness no one projected my body image. It would have been a terrible sight. Here, this is according to ESPN Stats and Info. The oh, I question, like those guys. The question is, who's the real Bryce Harper? How exactly should teams be viewing the Harper free agency? Uh-huh. Aside from his MVP season in 2015, he's never had a season with a war that's wins above replacement higher than 5.2, and that was in his rookie year. In fact... His war, he had a 10 war in his MVP season. A 10. That's amazing. Okay? 
He's had a 16.9 in the other six seasons combined. And everybody wants to give. The White Sox fans are, are all over me on Twitter today. Let the record show that's Felix laughing off my. The White Sox fans are all over me today saying, you know what? He'll bring fans to the. I don't care if he brings fans to the game. What you want is a guy that's going to give you wins and championships. But you need a guy oh. to help sell TV. No, can, hold on, for the Cubs, a TV subscription, which yeah. is up in a year. Heard, yeah. And you've heard nothing about it. I'd be, as a White Sox fan, I'd be more than happy for the Cubs to go inside Bryce Harper. He's hanging around with, with <laughs> Chris, Chris Bryant Brian. going to Golden Knights games. They got no TV deal after 2019. Well, we're going to have our own network. That's going to pay the billion dollars we owe uh, Wintrust. Let me just say this. Don't you think a big company would have settled in their new TV deal by now? It's not till April of 20, uh, 2020, Murph. Okay, then, I hear people, then I hear people telling me, well, what? Don't you want to sign any free agent? Yeah, I'd like to sign one for less than 10 years, $330 million. Give me DJ LeMayo. Have you heard this? The Brewers are going after DJ LeMayo, my guy. Bring in LeMayo. Bring in. There's a list of 20 free agents. To be honest with you, free agents besides those guys. You take Andrew McCutcheon. That'd be good, though, for a year or two. For a year or two, why not? Yeah, okay, you well, can have him for a year, right. maybe even less. Yeah. The other free agents, you want Michael Brantley? Do you want A.J. Pollock? He's hurt all yes. the time. Both those two guys, if healthy, hang on. Both of those guys, if healthy, are terrific. Do you want a catcher? Yasmani Grandal? Yeah, well, you saw how good he was in the postseason, didn't Home you? Home run or nothing. Well, yeah, and then the ball was going and, past uh, him every yeah, time. Yeah, a brick behind a plate. Yeah, why do you want a guy that can't catch? Maybe you move <laughs> into another position. Uh, if you want to go after Dallas Keuchel, fine, but then you got another lefty, which is fine. I think the White Sox should go after a Dallas Keuchel because right now nobody apparently is. Go after him. He's out there. I'd rather bring in a guy like Dallas Keuchel for two to three years than Bryce Harper for ten. All right, next, as we alternate your Sox question and thoughts for you, Fred. Now, admittedly, this is uh, this is crazy. This is off the, off the wall. But it's just, I think, fun to talk about for 30 seconds. Okay, White Sox star of the future, Eli Jimenez, right? Yep. What would his market value be right now? I'm not advocating trading him. Just for fun sports talk. What? Could you get if you're a Rick Hahn for Eli? And I know they're so just it's fun talk, it's nothing serious, but think about it. And Felix, you're a baseball guy too. What what would the now look what you got for Chris Sale? You get you get I you think get, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, you're probably gonna get more. something. You get more than Chris Sale yeah. because he hasn't even started his clock yet. No, I get I asked for two players. Oh, two you current yeah. players off a roster. Oh, more a starting, than that. A, 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 a one, two, or three starter. Yeah. And, um, you know, a, a corner outfielder, maybe. Or a corner infielder. And a double, and a, a one double-A guy. Oh, yeah, more than that. But, I mean, oh, you, yeah. at least those two. This guy, Jimenez, has never played. That means you got six years of control. Really, you're going to have seven. Right. Because you won't bring him up till uh, May. He'll be up April 15th well, or whatever, whatever the, the day, heck it is. The day yeah. is, yeah. To start the clock. Yeah. Look at this guy. He's got the highest ceiling of anybody in years. He's never played, so you got him for seven years at, at uh, you know reasonable control. I hate that word in budget. Felix, what would what would you think his value is? You're a baseball guy. No, I I thought the same thing. I'm yeah. thinking what 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 you pretty much. I mean, Chris Sale. You're thinking of top tier players. Do you right think now the thought ever crosses Rick Hahn's mind? It's got to like 
I mean, is that what I said? No. I think, no, I no, think no, it's got to cross. I'm not saying training him crossing his mind. Right. It, it's got to be after a two seven ups late at night, you know, <laughs> that he says, just for laughs, I wonder what I could get for him. He's here. probably thinking of the value. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Especially after what happened with that Cubs trade. I mean, he's looking back at it and he knows that he will even Quintana. more value. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> And and the Sox also got Dylan Cease, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dylan Cease. Phil. I'm sorry. I forgot that was about a that. Dumb I, I had to mention that, that one, too. Yeah. Eloy and Dylan Cease. Oh, yeah. Cease, they, they thought it was going to have a bum flipper. But you need a controllable starter. Yeah. You got one. Guys, what a disaster. I, I honestly think I, I heard Fred's thoughts, and he shared his heart on Bryce Harper. I honestly don't think... Fred's going to have to worry about Bryce Harper. I think Bryce Harper's coming to the Cubs. I really have this gut feeling he is, and he's going to be our problem to deal with. But, yeah. I, I don't think you're going to worry about move Hayward. Outside. We're going to move Hayward. I, I, I think that's a problem anywhere. that they can no, figure I mean, out we, then. Where are you going to put Hayward? In right? In center? Are you going to put Harper in right? Because well, he's an awful center fielder, and he's, he's, and he's bad in right. They're going to be two of the worst outfielders in John DeWan's fielding Bible within another year. Jason Hayward can't get to the ball anymore. I don't know where these people, what they're looking at. Jason Hayward is finished uh, as a gold glove type outfielder. Horrible. He's got no range. I, you know, I see that. You want He's to got know, no range. You want to know how bad Bryce Harper is at right field? He's horrible. He's second worst in yeah. uh, defensive run save right. at minus yeah. 16. He's, <laughs> he's, Daniel Polka is a better right fielder than he is. And Daniel Polka is a DH. <laughs> and he, hopefully he'll be DHing for the White Sox this year. All right. When we come back, we're going to find out the uh, uh, votes here on would Jerry Reinsdorf spend $300 million on Royce Harper? Would he spend it? Not should he? Uh, that's a yes or no. And I got some Joe Madden thoughts when we return. But real Joe quick. Joe Madden? Is he still managing the Cubs? Uh, that's exactly what we're going to talk okay. about when we return. And I'll tell you something, Fred. I put together here my dream uh, lineup, my batting order and lineup for the Cubs this coming year, right? Okay. Okay. Where's Harper fit in? Here's here's it. Here's the batting order. Tension, tension. Okay. The center fielder leads off. I don't know who that is. Center fielder leads off. LeMayu bats second. Harper bats third. He's in right field. By the way, Hayward's on the bench. Okay. Okay. Because you can't get rid of him. All right. Set, okay. He can play center. Here's your bad thing. lead off. Here it is. Here's my dream. Uh, Elmora, LeMayu, Harper, Diaz, Rizzo, Bryant. Oh, by the way, isn't it interesting that Morrow had the surgery and we didn't know about it, right? Bryant. How do we know he's going to be okay? We don't. He had what appears to be a minor tear of the left shoulder labrum or whatever. It's never been announced. How do we know that he didn't go under the knife? And they said, we didn't tell anyone about Morrow because no one asked us. Remember that? Yeah. That's what they were sort of intimating. Or maybe well, just like, said, just yeah. like the White Sox gave her to read a contract. Nobody asked. How do, has anyone asked how Brian's doing? Has anyone said Brian's had any uh, uh, minor arthroscopic surgery? He, he looked good at the Golden Knights game with Bryce Harper. All right. So real quick, here's my dream lineup. You got Elmora, LeMayu, Harper in right. You got Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant batting four, five, six. Schwarber, Contreras, and the pitcher. That's my dream, dream lineup. How does he hit that? No. I think it's still doing it, too. I know. That was live. Murph and Fred live. ESPN 1000.
Busy day. Glad you're with us. Just a couple minutes away from, oh, I love him, Sam Smith over at the Bulls. Going to talk about He missed it. Well, we saw it, and we'll talk about it. An exciting game. The first victory, home victory for the new coach, Jim Boylan. Not Jim Bowden. We'll talk about him in a minute. Let's yes, will. bring in Felix. What do fans say? Would Jerry Reinsdorf, you know, for a con, and everybody said, Jerry, we got to have this guy. Would he spend $300 million on Royce Harper? What say they? Well, Fred's going to be a happy guy because 63% are saying no. Okay. Yeah, I was one of those 63%. See, I think he would. <laughs> I think he would if his people told him, this is it. We got it. I think he would. I think he would spend the money. Huh. I think he'd open up the check. But if his people, again, if his people were adamant and said, this is what we're doing. All right, real quick, Fred, final thoughts on, uh, on uh, Harper. Rice Harper. Rice Harper, thank you. So uh, I heard uh, that uh, Jim Bowden was, was uh, yesterday morning. Friday morning, Jim Bowden, and then you've got something also uh, uh-huh. from the side. Jim Bowden, you know, longtime uh, MLB Major League uh, uh, analyst guy. Oh, and GM, former General GM manager. Yeah. Cincinnati Reds. General first. manager yeah. of the Reds, yeah. But uh, 10 years now, he's been one of the uh, guys out there that either breaks it or uh, makes it up. But yep. he said this uh, yesterday, I understand. He said, book it, guarantee. He said, there's four teams only and no others in the running for Harper. And he delineated them one two three four the new york yankees philadelphia phillies la dodgers and chicago cubs okay he said book it these are the only four guys from what i've heard that he uh, is saying now but you got something yeah. on ESPN's, the flip, flip ESPN's side and tim kirch and said oh, uh, there's him. three names he hears and that is the phillies and dodgers yeah. two that you had mentioned with uh, jim bowden mentioned right. and the white Sox. see there yeah so could you imagine if it came down to the cubs and the Sox? In I don't want to say a bidding war because the money'd have to be pretty equal or there'd be no, no right. contest. Right. Or then trying to you know they're not going to send the deep dish pizzas and all that stuff. But that'd be really interesting if it really came down to the north side and the south side bidding and battling. Well, the White Sox apparently sent Jim Tomei down there to talk to him, which is interesting because yeah. Frank Thomas lives in Las Vegas and yeah. they didn't send Frank over. I don't know why. That's interesting to you. Yeah, I think is. you're trying to say something, but we're up uh-huh. against the clock. Yep. I mean, Frank <laughs> you don't have was to always say everything. Maybe right? Frank was on vacation or something, and you couldn't send him Bulls down to talk Price. next. Sam Smith back in a flash. Stick around, Murph and Fred, and uh, the uh, Twitter poll. The Bulls, yes, uh, vote on this right now. The Bulls are the second youngest team in the NBA. A, that's good. B, that's bad. <laughs> we'll have Sam. Come on, Murph. ESPN one thousand. Welcome back, Murph and Fred. One minute away from Sam Smith talking bulls. Levine hands to Lauer. Marketing, spinning. He's down the lane. Shot on the way. Well defended. What a move. But Lowry able to get it up on the glass and got a good bounce. Oh, drive home safely. Chicago, beat, beat. Bulls win. 
Jim Boylan's first game as head coach here at the United Center. And the Bulls fight off the Oklahoma City Thunder and win the game 114 to 112 on a driving shot by Lowry Marketer with four. Point seven seconds left in the game. Exciting calls there from NBC Chicago Sports. Seven game losing streak is now history. One fourteen to one twelve over OK City, who came in as you were mentioned for sixteen and seven on the year. Earlier in the week, we said, "Sam, can you come on?" Felix said, "Can you come on with Murph and Fred for a while? Maybe talk about the new coach." Little did we know, Fred, they didn't ever win. They didn't ever win and be one of the. Fun, fun games in a long, long time. Do they pour beer over a head coach when he gets his first win? Just so they don't pour it on Sam's head. That's all I say. Good morning. Murph's here in front alongside. Hey, Sam Smith. Hello, fellas. And uh, (laughs) I I think it's pretty clear uh, everybody's saying they're back. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Why can't we? I'm going to say, hey, we're back, baby. We're back. They're back now. Keep going. Fans, say hi to Sam Smith. Long-time NBA expert, Bulls guy, author over at uh, Bulls.com, I believe. Right, Sam, now? And, I think uh, so, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, uh, uh, after the game, you know, Fred and I, we always watch the uh, post-game and because we watch the experts. You know, we're just fans. And, and uh, there's Will Perdue and, uh, and there's Kendall, Mark, Gill. Kendall Gill and Mark Shinoski does a great job. And well, one of the notes, one of the guys said, uh, you know, everything, this is different. Things are different. Well, they're always different, I know, Sam, with a, a new coach. But let me go backwards. You've uh, known uh, Jim Boylan, I'm sure, for not just the years here with the Bulls, but for many years. Uh, yes. uh, and uh, tell plus us. Sam, Sam, plus Sam has probably known every Bulls well, coach that, ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, right? Of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our, our good buddy, Red Kerr. God love him. But what type of guy is he? And uh, what type of coach? Well, we see now two games. But what type of fella is he? And what do you see? You know, can he continue this this manic, uh, maniac pace out there? Uh, when did you first run into uh, Jim Boylan, please? Well, I thought he was the guy who replaced Skiles uh, eight years. No, is it, that's a different one. That's the yeah. other one. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I know, I've known Jim a long time. Actually, I've, yeah. I've always had good relationships with all the Bulls. I will tell you that Jim will be a great, great coach as these uh, players keep coming back. <laughs> and if they add uh, Markin in, and have it, maybe if they sign Kevin Durant also, he can be really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he, look, he, he is qualified based on if you didn't know the name or you hadn't seen him you would have said well this guy coached you know under Rudy Tomjanovich he coached under Greg Popovich um, he's been an assistant with four or five teams he was a head coach um, you know University of Utah and kind of turned around their program uh, after a lot of losing seasons um, so he's got this long history of NBA experience you know, basketball life for coach, um, you know, fits the profile of, of, of a guy who certainly, you know, deserves a chance. So, you know, there's no reason he can't be successful. He, I'm one, though, who really believes, I mean, as quaint as that seems, that you need good players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and if, he get, if he gets those, I think he has a chance to be really good. Um, so I mean, uh, you know, he's 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 enthusiastic. He's uh, he, you know that's the interesting thing. You know, and I, I, I you know you hear 
people have strong opinions one way about coaching uh, coaches, and especially, I mean, in all cities. Uh, you know, when we in Chicago, you can tell the kind of coaches, you know, people like. It was like, you know, I remember with the Sox a couple of years ago with Robin Ventura. You know, the fans didn't like Robin Ventura because he didn't, you know, throw stuff down and kick, you know, dirt on the plate and stuff like that. You know, and they like Ditka, even though Ditka turned a five-championship team into a one-championship team. Yes. Right. But he did a lot of crazy stuff, and people, you know, people like that emotion in a coach. And, and, and uh, uh, Jim will bring that. He's, he's very enthusi- outwardly enthusiastic. He's very passionate. Um, and if he has good players to go with that, it, it, it could succeed. Now, it, it appeared when this season started, they had really good players. Yeah. yeah. Hardly any of them played. Yeah, they've all been out, and now, you know, Port isn't done. Maybe tonight, maybe not tonight, yeah. maybe the next game or two, and it, they return. But let me ask you a question, Sammy. You look at uh, a lot of times when a new coach takes over as a head coach, they're brought in, and you wonder if a guy guys will buy in. They already know Boylan. I mean, he's been there. I mean, how difficult do you think it was for them when all of a sudden they come in and he goes, guess what? Put the balls down. We're going to run. And we're going to run some more. And we're going to run some more. Do you think that was unexpected to them? Or do you think they, the, some of the players in the team knew what to expect when Boylan took over? You never know uh, completely what to expect. Uh, you know, I think Jim, in, in part, wanted to make a point you know, with the players, which is fine. They're not going to do that all the time. Right. If they do that all the time... You know, by by, in you know, in the next month, none of them be be able to run during the games, and so he understands having been in the NBA this long and been around great coaches. Uh, you know, actually, his his reputation coming in, you know, from talking to people around the league was, he said, well, he he's the kind of guy probably won't run really long, you know, practices because Rudy and 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 Popovich weren't those kind of coaches, you know, they and like Jerry Sloan who ran. You know, very, you know, did a lot of teaching in a short time and didn't want to wear out players' legs. So I think it was more he was trying to make a point with sure. those players, which was good, you know, to start, sort of get the attention, you know, teachers slapping the back, slapping the, you know, the chalkboard or something. Everybody look up, you know, we're going to. And so, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good start that way. I, yeah, you know, it's like uh, Levine said. Levine is, what, 24 years old or something? He said, he, he, you know, when the media first asked him, he said, well, I, he said, I think this is my fifth coach. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so these guys, you, you know, not that they're inured to it, but, you know, it's just part of the business. They understand that very much in sports and especially in the NBA, uh-huh. you know, the old coach and hired to be fired kind of stuff. And when you're losing, everybody knows it's it's hard to – you know, it's hard to overcome that, especially with a team going through so much transition like the Bulls. Sam Smith reminds me of the old uh, story. It's attributed uh, many years ago to Pepper Martin, who many of our, most of our, get a Google it up, Felix, Pepper Martin, with the old gas house gang, St. Louis Cardinals, and he gets to spring training down in Florida one year, and Cardinals have a new manager, and he's going to run him, and it's hot, and he's running him and running him and running him, and finally Pepper Martin raises his, he says, Skipper, he says, uh, you know, I got a mule. I got an old mule back in Kentucky, and I can work him, work him, work. He ain't never going to win the Kentucky Derby, which I, which I always think of. But on that, more seriously, and and just to double back no, here, that's a, that's that's a good one, but, of course. 
but virtually every reference us three make, people well, have to Google. That's okay. That's good. That's good. That's how we all learn. Well, that's not how I learn, but 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 seriously, Sam, uh, in the uh, second quarter of the uh, Tuesday game, that would be Boylan's first game. Uh, that was the uh, India uh, yeah, Indiana game, ninety six yeah. to ninety. And I got my notes here uh, in the middle of this like second period or earlier than that. And uh, Stacy King, you know, says, oh, "Boy, these guys are tired." You know, it's a second quarter. Early in the second quarter, they're down. And Fred, we were talking really down on their knees, yep. and and he says, "These guys are tired." And then he sort of dot dot dot, and the, the ellipsis, you know, dot dot. That goes because they haven't played defense all year. Of course, they're tired. So. I listen all week to our, our great station here, and and you're the fans, and I know you, uh, and, and Fred, and a lot of people were saying, "Well, wait a minute, you know, if they were not in condition, wouldn't Boylan have known this? Shouldn't Boylan have been doing something in the practices, uh, you know, saying we need to run more?" And then it dawned on me. Now maybe this is crazy, but how would uh, you know? That they weren't in condition, Sam, if they never had been, quote-unquote, forced to play defense and forced to come. Stacy always says, go out and get the, you know, when they're bringing the ball down, go out and get them. Make them work a little bit. They, they, they never worked. So they never looked tired. Is that possible that they never even looked tired? Therefore, no one, you know, they did. Or did they know all along they were out of condition or who knows? No, I, I, I can't say that because, I mean, if you watched Archie Diacono play, he never looked tired to me. The guy is yep. last night, you know, throwing himself all right. over the floor. He's been doing that ever since he's been there. He's always, has has said from the day they won, you know, he's been and worked himself into that position that I, I play harder than anybody, you know, on the court. Mm-hmm. Or as I try to, yeah. you know, he's just not as talented as everybody on the court. You know, the other part of that, and you know, I hear that a lot. And I, and I don't think you guys do that in, in your regular business. I don't feel like I do it either. I, do, I need, you know, do you need your station manager all the time to tell you, hey, do a good job, you know, look stuff up before you come in? No, if you're, if you're a professional, if you have pride in what you do, that's up to you. you know, and these guys all, you know, and they all talk about going to the gym at night and you know, coming back and working out. And you know, I watch the Bulls. I've been around them all, you know, all these times. I... You know, they, they practiced a lot. You know, I mean, in, in theory, based on what you said, you know, if they were tired, indeed, you know, too tired the other day, hmm. well, they would have been more tired uh, Friday after, after doing running all those wind sprints yeah. or whatever they were doing, yeah. you know, the suicide drills. So it doesn't make logical sense. I mean, if you're, right. I mean, if, you, if you're like, you think Michael Jordan needed the coach to tell him that, you know what, you, you know, you need to play hard? You know, the, and so if you're real pros, now that, to me, that, that singles out whether you're a pro. If a, if a guy is not in shape this far into the season, uh, and that, that means you don't have the right player. Ah, you know, okay. Go look and get another player. Oh, because okay. he's, he's, he's not a kind of guy who is going to want to compete because you shouldn't need a coach to mm-hmm. tell you, you know, you want to play at a high level and outplay your, outplay your opponent. Yeah, Sam, I don't, I don't mean to be quoting Stacey King again, but I guess it's a good thing. Stacey actually also, they said, listen, you know, when, when people put that Bulls uniform on, there's a sense of pride they should have. And he went all the way back to, you know, Van Leer and Sloan and Borwinkle and Jordan and Pippen and even, you know, when he played and things like that. He said, putting on that Bulls jersey, you should have some pride in it. And he said, that's what they, you got to make sure that those players have, that when they put that uniform on, they're going to go on out there and work hard. The, the question is, and I know because we're all old guys. Um, 
you know, they talk about the players of today. Do the players of today have that kind of pride? Uh, a lot of times it comes down to money. They switch uniforms or just playing for, you know, laundry, you know, um, whatever. But do they have that kind of pride to be a Chicago Bull? Well, let's just say, you know, I don't know how many years you want to go back. I think they have more pride than, you know, maybe uh, Dalibor Begarich and Dragan Tarlak <laughs> yeah. and Khalid El Amin. You know, which, 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 level of, uh, which level of guys do you want me to go back to? Larry Keenan, sure. you know, who Jerry Sloan nearly tried to kill because he wouldn't play hard and he tried to hit him with a chair. Larry Keenan, oh, my God. Yeah, nah, you know, these, these guys in this year are, are, are pretty committed uh, athletes. Now, they, they, it's partially because of the economic status they're in. You know, right. guys in earlier years had to have other jobs. <laughs> you know, yeah. had to work in the summer. You know, these guys work out all year long, you know, stay in shape. Um, and, you know, when you're around the team, have sort of, you know, it used to be, uh, yeah, so, I so do a lot of stuff on NBA history. I'll throw in my own plug. And, I heard and, has, and, and labor, the book, you know, the, the, the book year, is available for Christmas, right. About. Okay. But, you, you know, back then, you know, guys would sleep until, you know, I remember talking to Bill Bradley and, you know, some of those guys about it. They, you know, Busher, you know, uh, they'd sleep, you know, until noon or something and get up, you know, have lunch, you know, and do something. And then go, you know, to jump in a cab and go over to, you know, the gym at, you know, late in the after, you know, afternoon and, you know, shoot a little bit before the game. Well, now these guys are up in the morning. They're shooting. They're having workouts. They got trainers with them. I mean, I wouldn't diminish what these guys do. They, you know, they, they're hardworking professionals. I mean, these, these guys are, are committed to what they do. Now, part of it is they make, you know, an extraordinary amount of money. And you should be, but you know people diminish what they see in an NBA game, and I think part of that is because these guys are so really good. I mean, if you just look at the size of the people who play this game, it's extraordinary compared to you know the Sloan and Van Leer and that that right. great era. You know, Chet, those guys were terrific players and would be terrific in this era, but they didn't have they don't have the nutrition, the training, the workouts that these guys have. I mean, we never. If you were LeBron James's size back then, you'd have been like the biggest guy in the league. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy's like guard. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, so I, I, I wouldn't diminish, you know, what these guys do. I think, you know, there's always been a difference in talent. And, and right now, you know, the Bulls are still building that base of talent. And But, you know, as they get these guys back done and Portis, you know, join in, you see how good marketing is. And this yeah. guy is. This guy's an all-star level player, and he just got him for his third game, and it's his second season in the league. You know, so you put a couple of these guys together, and Levine has demonstrated, I think, that he's a really elite kind of player. So, you know, you're starting to see some stuff come together. Well, and you know, in in baseball this past year, uh, Manny Machado said something which is regrettable when he said, "I'm not a hustle guy." Okay, <laughs> but but then you had a guy like Jabari Parker basically say, "Well, you don't don't get paid to play defense." But it seems like if he's if you're not going to play defense, you're not going to play a lot for Jim Boylan. Last night when the game was over. And I'm not sure if he did this just to make a point or to make sure that Jabari Parker said it or heard it. But Jim Boylan said after the game, Jabari Parker passed the ball when he was supposed to pass. He shot the ball when he was supposed to shot and, or shoot, and he went on and on. Did he do that so Jabari Parker knows that he was recognized, or was that was that just Jim Boylan? You said you know him a little bit better. Do you think he was trying to make a point to make sure that Jabari knows that? 
Yeah, that's good. For, I think, you know, that was really a key sort of understated thing, and obviously with a win and, you know, everything, you know, the plays at the end of the game and everything like that. But that was the first game, you know, that uh, Parker didn't finish, you know, and basically he it was interesting what Boylan went to. He went to a defensive oriented lineup. You know, when they they fell down by about seven points at the beginning of the fourth quarter, it looked like they're going to lose. You had this great first half play, you know, which we've seen before. Had a poor third quarter, made a lot of turnovers. I think they had like 10 or 11. And now they fall behind. It looks like they're going to lose the game. You know, so he puts in two guys who you wouldn't normally put in in the middle of the, you know, the crunch time. He puts in Shaquille Harrison Mm -hmm. and Chandler Hutchinson, neither of whom can score, you know. those are classic empty gym guys that are probably going to shoot 40%. Empty gym guys. <laughs> but, but in the middle of the fourth quarter yeah. down, he puts them in there. And, and, and you know, to, so it's, it was kind of a risk, too. But it works. You know, they, 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 Oklahoma City sort of feels the pressure, go, goes this long stretch of not scoring, and the Bulls regain control. And, uh, of the game and get back ahead and, and get in position now. And that's what people overlook a lot. They get in position so Mark and, and Levine can make these plays. But they can't make these plays unless Harrison and Hutchinson have that little run. You know, sure. They weren't the only ones out there. So, uh, so in the midst of all this, Jabari Parker, who, as, as you know, likes to play offense, is not <laughs> out there at all and doesn't get back in there. So my, my view of it was he, and all coaches do this, Fred did, was doing this too, he's afraid of losing Parker. Yep. You know, that Parker is going to give up, you know, if he's going to get discouraged or something. And so he threw a little, you know, bait out there to say, hey, you know, don't, I didn't forget about you, Jabari, you know, and <laughs> I, we love you and we want you. And that, and he should be committed. And it's up to Parker, you know, to play that role. Will he, will he be willing to do that? And especially now with Portis coming back, you know, possibly right. tonight. Um, that's another power forward. And so, um, you know, that's going to be a, 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 an interesting and a diff, potentially difficult thing for him to navigate. And I think he, he recognized that. So he's trying to get out ahead of it and said, look, you know, Jabari, he did a great job. And he did play well. You right. know, he had a relatively good game. But these players want to be on the court at the end, and he wasn't. So now it's sort of interesting to see how Parker responds with that. Sam Smith, and I heard you, I think, with a few questions in the post game. I still call it press conference because I won't say presser, but I think I heard your voice. But first of all, he talked to Coach Boyle and said, Hutch and Harrison, as you were just alluding to, and I jotted this down. He said, Hutch, he's a ball handler, uh, you know, he's, and he's tough. Uh, and he talked about Harrison. He says, he's tough. He likes to be coached hard. So, you know, there's a whole new sheriff in town, and like we were saying, whether it works or not, you know, it's been going on since the big good cop, bad cop, since the beginning of coaching. Right. But I believe uh, you uh, got him uh, steered into or uh, someone else with the question, the last play. And we've been playing the replay. A lot of people maybe didn't see it uh, uh, last night. But uh, someone, I thought you asked him, you know, Laurie Markin, and he, you know, he wants the ball in the last play. And I think that's, we had the uh, quote here somewhere. goes, he doesn't necessarily want to take the last shot. He wants to be in the last play. Uh, what are your overall thoughts of uh, that final sequence? And I think I quoted everything correctly there. You did. You always do. Um, <laughs> Don't tell lovely Dana that, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, and that's the difference of having a guy mm-hmm. like like um, marketing out there. Now, also, you know, you didn't mention that, but it was a year ago today 
that um, Miritich came back after that fight. Wow. And the Bulls won seven straight and 10 of 12 and were the hottest team in the NBA. Yep. So it makes a difference when you put a guy like that on the court who can. And, and with marketing, you know, he'd come out and he had made, it, made some threes. In fact, they shot extraordinary on threes yesterday, um, which also helps. So now once you do that, you put a, it, it, the defense has to now stretch out. You know, they're coming out because this guy is a great shooter. You know, as, as you know, Meritage had that threat, too. So, you know, there's other elements of the play. And what they did, you know, people criticized Levine, Levine the other day when he isolated and he called off Wendell Carter, if you remember that, on a screen and sure. took a shot and missed. And I was okay with that. You know, there was criticism about, well, he should have done what? Should have, okay, yeah, he could have, could have taken the screen, would have got doubled and threw to Ryan Archidiakono. Okay, if you want to do that, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with my best player taking the shot, bad or good. But anyway, now you put um, marketing out there, and so now, now, now the defense starts to react a little more. And so on the, on the last play, it, it was really mm. smart play, not just smart play. You know, the, the previous play was smart. So he, he, he draws the defense and he throws out to Holiday, who's been shooting really well and, and makes a tough shot. You know, that was a tough shot at that time, even though he was you know, kind of open. It was from, you know, that's, that's the toughest part on the three-point arc to, to, to make a, a shot on that where it turns out there. So... He makes a you know he makes a play and he makes a, a, a good shot on on uh, on the drive because the defense came in and Westbrook who was a you know a, a, a wild out there also is terrible defender because he never knows the right place to be he's always running around chasing the ball <laughs> and so they took advantage of that and and because he was supposed to be on holiday and so but that, that you know that's how clever also marketing is without articulating it he knew he understood who was on holiday where the extra help was likely to come from and who was to be open mm-hmm. so now the next one on the left <laughs> so now they tie it up and you know westbrook of course drives in there and, and would have you know crashed his head through the backboard if he could <laughs> so so now the next play you know, they don't run for for levine which they had to previously because it was really no one else and he he just kind of hands off does his hand off to Markin, and Markin's thinking he's going to do a similar play that they're going to draw in Westbrook because Westbrook won't remember the previous play. He won't remember he was was on the wrong guy. So, but then he sees that Paul George, who's their best defender, has switched on to him, and George kind of is anticipating, and he knows he's a smart guy. He knows that the last pass went for Holiday, uh, so he's inching over a little bit to try to deflect the pass that marketing is going to throw to holiday because he sees what they're going to do so marketing feels just feels uh, george on his hip kind of thing and realizes that now i can spin toward the basket because my defender has gone is leaning toward holiday and he makes this quick spin for a seven footer which is really a tough play (laughs) so now but now they've got a great defender in, in Adams coming across, and Adams is a physical, tough guy, and he's going to make contact, and you're not getting that call. But Markinen gets the ball up. You know, he gets it up over him because he's seven foot, and he gets a good bounce, and it goes in. So there were so many different elements operating there, you know, a lot of it because of the intelligence, you know, of Markinen, not, not just be able to make the shot, but realize the circumstances. And I think that's what Boylan's talking about, that this guy – is making a play, and, and making a play involves 
even turning down the play that they were going to run because he recognized oh. something else better. Mm-hmm. Most players won't be able to do that. They'd have just handed the ball off to or th- tried to throw to Holiday, which was, which was sort of what designed, and it would have been intercepted or deflected and uh, lost the game. Hard labor. I, you know what? It's on uh, my list with lovely Dana to be under the Christmas tree. The battle that birthed—the battle that birthed the billion-dollar NBA hard labor by Sam Smith. Sam, I hear your music in the background. We only have he carries one, you with him everywhere he goes. We only have one minute left. It's like in the old newspaper days when you had to put thirty at the bottom because you ran out of space, even though you had more stuff to write. We only have a minute on the clock, but you mentioned the three-point shooting. They were twelve for twenty-five. A whop. 48 percent uh, from beyond uh, the arc and i heard one of the experts say after the you know one of the guys that will or uh, say they're not just jacking up threes anymore so is this a coincidence they're 12 for 25 you brought up the three balls a few minutes ago uh, and they're not jet i mean that's got to be more than a coincidence right they are cognizant now of when or when not to throw up a three well, there was that. There was also the best three-point shooter on the team came back and played in that game. All right, yeah. So that, sure. that, to me, is a big help. And, again, it spreads the court, opens things up, because now the defense is mm-hmm. leaning out toward him. Yeah. So a guy like Holiday's going to get some more open looks. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to make them all the time, and, and, and they made them. Um, so, you know, it, it, you can look at it any number of different ways. When you win... You know, I hope I hope Jim succeeds. Jim is a knowledgeable and, and smart NBA guy, and if he gets the advantage of getting these players, you know, well, good for him and good for the Bulls. Just so they don't have you, me, or Fred out there running uh, wind sprints and uh, oh, heck no. suicides, okay, Sam? Yeah. I, right, I, or making historic references. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we'll continue to try and do that. Sam, always a pleasure. <laughs> you overstayed your, your time here and your personal time. Fans love listening to Sam Smith. Check him out at Bulls.com. Have a, a good holiday season. Uh, hope to run into you on the radio uh, maybe January or February again. Thank you, Sam. Sure, guys. Holiday to you. Okay. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. Sam Smith, Murph, and Fred. I know hey, we're running late. Back on the know, Bears in a minute. Hey, you know, somewhere in the western suburbs, yeah. Fred Hoiberg sitting on his couch going, <laughs> see how easy it is to coach with, with marking it out there on the team? Last chance, vote for our Twitter poll questions at ESPN 1000. Welcome back. Home stretch, Murph and Fred. Hope you're having a great Saturday. And Bryce Harper is still a free agent. <laughs> this just again? Yeah. <laughs> Bryce Harper is still a free agent. So, uh, As we mentioned earlier, uh, two of the experts out there, at least, you know, the perceived uh, experts by most people, have uh, attached... Harper, uh, one to the Cubs and uh, one to the Sox. Yeah, so we'll wait and see what happens. Uh, winter readings start tomorrow night. Jesse will be all over it. He'll be joining Cap and uh-huh. guys uh, during the week starting on Monday. And don't forget, tomorrow I'll be with Mongo, 4-7 to seven out of Twin Peaks in nice. uh, LaGrange, just off of uh, LaGrange. Uh, LaGrange Road. That's right, Orland yeah. Park, uh-huh. LaGrange Road, yeah. uh, right there, 161st, I think, just south of 159th. 
Let's bring in a little Bears talk here. Uh, one of our active Twitter polls, we have not uh, laid out here or heard the results. Now, we really, you know, we don't do a lot of, we, no, no, we don't do any gambling, uh, you know, point spread stuff. Because no. that's covered so perfectly and well throughout Monday through Friday. But... For some reason, Fred, I felt compelled uh, to uh, put this on this week on the Twitter. I'm just, you know, interested what the uh, fans are saying. Now, of course, it's going to be biased Bears fans, which is what we love. But it was sort of cut and dried right here. Uh, Twitter poll, and we'll bring Felix in with the results. Bears are a, uh, what are they, three-point favorite still, Felix? Uh, three-point underdog, I think, are they? Well, underdog, of yeah. course. But I'm sorry, they're, not, they're still three, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, really. What would that? What would, the Bears are a three-point dog uh, to the Rams. Uh, so simply, A, B, or C. A, take the Bears, take the three points. B, take the Rams, give up the three points. Lay them. Or C, you know what? Don't uh, j- just enjoy the game. Either too close to call, or you know, just enjoy. Right. I know, I know. Many of you, I can't enjoy the game if I don't have a little action. Well, that's that's then, fine. That's then you fine. Should, then you should go to Gamblers Anonymous <laughs> if that's the case. Uh, by the way, the Rams have covered the spread only once in their last five games. I did hear that. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Only once in their last five games have they mm-hmm. covered the spread. They're a three-point favorite. So I'm not saying. I'm just saying, as a friend of mine used to say. Now, if... Uh... <laughs> Did he coin that? I think he I coined think he it. Did. Northy. Yeah, yeah, I think oh, he did. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a problem. You coin something, everybody uses it, and then it's not your coin right. anymore. No. Like Steve Dahl invented Hump Day Wednesday. Are you sure he invented oh, Hump absolutely, Day? Absolutely. We had to get Steve around. Like 40 years ago. Him. Okay. Oh, yeah. Take the Bears, give up. Uh, take the Bears, take the uh, points. Take the Rams, give up the points. Or just lay off it and uh, enjoy the game. See, if this were the, the old, my old uh, days where I'd put a unit on, yeah. my unit was $25 back uh-huh. then, that's, that's like your comfort number. Right. You know, your comfort number. Mine would be two. Dollars? Two dollars, yeah. Right. yeah. Find the old two dollar bill. Right. Did you know Felix, they used to make two dollar bills? I did. Yeah. They still have them. Yep. I got yeah, some from the bank do. the other day. Yeah. Yep. The guy in the front looked like Peter Gammons, the president. It right. was Peter Gammons. Was it? Okay. Peter Gammons on the $2 bill. Uh, it's before that, it looked like Judd Clampett, but no one knows who he is anymore. <laughs> Peter Gammons' hair doesn't do that anymore, though, like it used to. It's sort of a... Ch- yep. Okay. So, take the... Ba- I don't know where the fans went on this. I don't know what I would do. If I, if I had to put a unit down, if I had to put a unit down, I think I'd take the Ram... Uh, L.A. Rams and give up the points. I was like getting points, so I'd probably well, take the Bears. I mean, I, but yeah. I would never bet because I don't bet. No, I would do never I. bet against. How can you root against the Bears? So this would be a game where I, I wouldn't even. What the fans say? Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm sure. C just lay off and enjoy the game. Came in last. What was the number? Is that true? Felix, did C come in last? Uh, that is not true. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you what came in last. So what came in last is taking the Rams. <laughs> what came in second uh-huh. is take the Bears. So what came in third, top choice, is lay off and just enjoy the game. Now, oh, wait a minute. Interesting. Yep. Everybody gambles. That's what I always say. That's Everybody's what I hear all the time. The Everybody tells me that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay. 46% so saying lay off so and enjoy the game. So half of the participants yeah. are not going to bet on the game. No. Nope. Nope. Just about half. 
My biggest question is with the game. Excuse me for a living. I didn't know that. My biggest question with the game is, yeah. is it going to be at the end when the game's over? Are you going to say the Bears defense didn't do enough or the mm-hmm. Bears offense didn't do enough? Or the Bears offense did enough to get uh-huh. the win or the Bears defense did well, enough? to get the victory. I'm not sure which is going to be most important, the Bears' offense against the Rams' defense or the Bears' defense against Jared Goff and all the weapons on the Rams' offense. I'm not sure which. That's perfect. I didn't know you were going to go there. That's perfect. Let's augment that one step further. Heck, I didn't know I was going to go there. There There used to be one of the great phrases and things was, now this was coined, I believe. Northy. Well, not Uh, Northy and not not Hump Day uh, Wednesday. Okay. But uh, the three keys to winning by Doug Buffon. Yes. Now, uh, many... It changed a little bit, I would think. that's where we're going. Okay. So, many of you, uh, everyone knows the great Doug Buffon or knows of him, but uh, many, many... Years ago, probably around 1992, was the first time I heard. They go, Doug. What are the keys for the game? He and says, then you have to go. He go, yeah, that's right. You do say, the drum roll. The three keys to winning, and this was for every NFL game, regardless if the Bears were playing, right. if the Bears were the favorite, the dog, if they were playing a passing <clears throat> team, I ran whatever. It didn't matter. Give me the drum roll. He said the three keys to winning. Number one, run the football. Number two, pressure the quarterback. Number three. Stop the run. That's it. That was it. Yeah. Uh, at the end, he went, stop the man with the skin of the pig. But, uh-huh. So this this was a guy that was run a, the football. played high level with the Bears in the 60s. Oh. He holds records. Of the, still, I believe. Holds f- records. He used to hold up running back so that Butkus could get credit for the tackle. <laughs> he used to, he held the record, for which they didn't even keep until uh, fumbles recovered or fumbles yeah. forced. Uh, and... Uh, so Doug would say it's very simple, little fella. He'd look at me and go, Moifey, it's very simple. Number one, you gotta run the ball. Number two, you gotta pressure the quarterback. And number three, you gotta stop the run. Stop the run. All right, so All right, Todd Gur- stopping Todd Gurley is not gonna be easy. And by the way, for those who weren't sure, Todd Gurley was drafted tenth, three picks after Kevin White. Right. Right. Oops. Ah! Another oops. Yeah, that wasn't good. So Fred, not the Bears game yet, necessarily, but the NFL. And you tickled on it already. So, well, you know, some of those might have changed. Yeah. Now, when the when the score is 54 to 51 a couple of weeks ago, then it'd be sort of ludicrous to say, run the ball, stop the run. Right. But I think we agree, pressure the quarterback still is there. Pressure the quarterback with Aaron Donald on one side uh-huh. and Khalil Mack on the other. Right. There'll be a lot of pressure on both uh, Trubisky and Jared Goff. So let's do a hybrid here, which would be both the three keys. They charge so much for those hybrids. Three keys to the, uh, but they get subsidized. It's okay. So the three keys to winning for the NFL, not Sunday yet, for tomorrow. The three keys to the NFL, still going to be number two pressure to quarterback. Yeah. All right. So do we swap? Run the ball and stop the run with pass the ball and stop the pass? Or or do we add the opposite, the antithesis, if you will, of pressure the quarterback would be protect your own quarterback. See, if it was important enough right. for Doug to say pressure the quarterback, you might have to say, well, then. So you go completely the other way. Well, so, see, so if it was run the ball, the ball and stop the run. Yeah, pass the ball, protect your quarterback. And, and pressure the quarterback. No. Well, but. Pressure the quarterback and protect your quarterback, right? I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah, no, but you would, that wouldn't be one of them. If, if you would reverse ah. it, it would be it would be pass the ball, well, stop the pass, and protect your quarterback. Qu- right. Protect your quarterback. Right. That would be that's the way it would be if you're going to go completely the opposite. But according to Doug, pre- it was pressure your quarterback. Now it's protect your quarterback. 
You're not going to say don't don't pressure the quarterback. Well, if, you, if you pressure the see, this is interesting, and this would tie into tomorrow's Bears. So if you do pressure the quarterback enough, in effect, you do stop the pass. If you get there, yeah. All oh, right, yeah. And of course, all week, you know, if they can get there with four, then they're all set. If you got to put the fifth guy in, then that open up the defensive backfield. Then As he's Buddy Ryan pick, used to say, if you can't apart. get there with four, you go with five. You can't get there with five, rush six. Does Vic Fangio say that? Can't, no, he doesn't. Can't <laughs> get there with six. Well, here's what Vic Fangio does. If you can't get there with four, then you run the uh, you run the corner blitz with uh, Bryce Callahan, which is really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Or you blitz one of the uh, inside mm-hmm. linebackers in Trevath and a Roquan Smith. And um, Vic Fangio, is gonna, it's, it's a nice test for Vic Fangio tomorrow because uh, this Rams offense can put up points. Well, this sort of uh, dovetails into what you set up a few minutes ago. Excuse me. Which was... What's going to be the key then to the bear? Yeah. Is it going to be the running game or the passing game? And that seems to be, see, the beauty, unlike my, my favorite game, baseball, there's so much more of a chess match in football. Yes. You move a guy over here, they got to move a guy over here. When I watch a game on TV, and Fred, I think you and I have talked about this before, just before the ball snapped, okay, the Bears have the ball, all right? And, you know, the midfield, second and ten, whatever. And you don't know if they're going to rush four or five. How do you, what do you zero in on visually when you're watching that snap? I first count how many guys are up on the line and then close. So I see, okay, there's seven guys that could rush. I got the four and then the two and I got seven. Then I count the guys quick. When the ball says the don't, the, the peel back. Right. Then I know it's a five-man blitz, four-man, six-man, you know, once a year, once a game, seven maybe, whatever. Yeah. And that, to me, is the whole, that's the whole key to football, is how many men are coming. If it's more than four, then someone's going to be open if the quarterback can get rid of it in time. And I don't know, most people, you know, the ob- obvious inclination is you watch the ball. You watch the quarterback's got the ball. What's he doing? Right. But it's so much more fun, and that's what this game, as much as any tomorrow, is going to be. Well, one of the the one thing you'll find out is too uh, the the Rams like the Bears run a lot of the jet sweep, and a lot of times the only reason the jet sweep the guys in motion on the jet sweep is for the quarterback to figure out if the defense is in zone or man. Because when the guy goes in motion, if they're in man, the guy follows them. That's really if, the only reason, right? right? If they well, that and if you're going to give him the ball, I mean, you know, then you well, can the do jet that. Sweep, of course, right, right. 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 And, but that's why he goes in motion. So the jet sweep is used for two purposes: you can give him the ball, or you can get him in a position for a catch on the other side. But basically, it's so that they know right off the bat if it's man or zone. A lot of times they can tell, but a lot of times that's what the jet sweep is used for. People might say, well, "Why are they running that guy if they're not going to give him the ball?" Well, that's what they're trying to do. You know, in the game last week, and there was so much to uh, digest and uh, distill during the week, I didn't hear a lot of talk about this. And this is sort of this very ominous when you look at tomorrow's game, where the uh, two touchdown uh, recept- touchdown passes, receptions, I believe they were both to uh, uh, Odell uh, Beckham. Uh, I know Beckham threw one of them. Oh, he threw the one, and, and right. Uh, you're right. He threw one and caught the other. But both men... Receivers were wide open. Yes, they were. And I didn't hear much talk about this, and it's sort of hard to really know, you know, who blew the coverage. Yeah. Sometimes it's more apparent than other times. Now, he's 
he's been terrific this year. So I almost hate number, and I think number 39 is going to be uh, uh, with you on an upcoming show, Eddie Jackson. I, Monday, I, Broken oh. Barrel in Southport. He'll be with, the, uh, from, with me from 7 to 8 o'clock. So we're expecting a three-interception game tomorrow. Giants receiver. Uh, this is from uh, Johns, our, our buddy. Uh, Adam Johns. Adam Johns, thank you. Giants receiver Odell Beckham's 49-yard uh, touchdown pass. He's doing to receiver uh, Russell Shepard in the third quarter was a result of a breakdown in the uh, uh, Bears secondary. This I think they call film study. That's funny. I had one. I had one immediately afterwards. I had a breakdown. Did you? As soon as he caught it. And I hope we don't have to observe your the film study of what. Uh -uh. Okay, so uh, yada yada, Shepard here. Jackson slipped at the twenty-five yard line, leaving the middle wide open. Now that is different from blown coverage. It is very much so. It was a slippery field. Yes, he slipped. Go boom. But that's why he was wide open. Yeah. And still, I didn't hear anybody refer to that. Maybe I did miss a little, miss a lot. I tried to listen all the well, time. Well, on that play also, Roquan Smith was in a situation where he didn't know if he was supposed, if he should attack and go for the tackle if he was going to continue to run the ball or ah. if he was going to throw the ball. So he was kind of like in no man's land. Do I rush the guy or yes. there, is there a guy, receiver behind me? There was, but he was 25 yards behind you. There's no way you were going to defend it. See, that uh, option pass, is, if that's what you I think you would still call that, even though it's the wide receiver, it's certainly he could have run if he had to. Yeah. But as you mentioned, the, the you know in, inside linebacker doesn't know. No. He's got to hold his territory. And so that's a play. See, that's a type of thing that will more and more become prevalent in the, in the future, in the near future of the NFL, if more guys like Nagy and that are you know, put in the position of calling the plays. Well, to be real honest with you, and yeah. I'd have to go back and look at the play again, but the guy that's supposed to be there to help defend that is your defensive end or outside linebacker, who may have been Leonard Floyd or may have been Khalil Mack, because you they hand the ball off to the wide receiver coming around behind the quarterback, and you should not let the guy get outside. Well, he didn't get outside. He stayed inside to throw it. But I don't remember. I'd have to go back and watch the play again. Who the defensive end or, and or uh, outside linebacker was on that side. Well, here's what John's uh, continued on that uh, play. No one near the uh, man, mostly because Jackson slipped and fell. Safety, uh, Adrian Amos. It was uh, the field was it was a cover three which means you divide the field into one-third, 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 up and down. And uh, Adrian Amos ran to the right flat to cover back uh, Wayne uh, Gallman Jr. As the Giants' play flowed to the left, safety Eddie Jackson stepped up to help cover receiver Benny Flowers. Then he would slip. Uh, but cornerback Kyle Fuller already had that third of the field. So at further notice here, it appears there was both blown coverage and the slip. That's not good. No, that's no good. No. Now, the second Giants touchdown, which was also no, but he was wide open. This is uh, continued here by uh, Sun-Times. Beckham was also left uncovered on the Giants' fourth and goal play later in the third quarter. How frustrating was that watching that? This breakdown resulted in the one-yard touchdown catch. Beckham was the outside receiver in a trips bunch formation. Got a little Joni at him. Trips bunch left. I don't know how he does. He's terrific. I don't know how he does all that. It's amazing. He's worked a long well, time. Well, no, I know yeah. how he does it. Yeah. He's terrific. Uh, 
He talks that way in per- in real life too. He doesn't talk much to me when I see him. Hey, Mark. Uh, he doesn't. He he's a quiet guy. He's saving his throat. Well, no, exactly. Yeah. Like if he ever sees you and he says you are ridiculous, then you know you've made it. See, I might think it's bad, and then I remember that's good. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Like years and years ago, that when they go, that's bad. It turned out to be that's. Oh, that's a bad record, man. Oh, that's a good record. Yeah. Amukamora later said the Bears were in a match zone defense on that play, and he Amukamora Jackson and Fuller. All handled players in coverage. Beckham, meanwhile, ran past Trevathan and Amos. So it's it's dangerous right away until you get an expert like Adam Johns to break down the film to know who blew the coverage. Yeah, but that both guys were wide open. It, it was, was awful. Well, yeah, yeah, it was it was not it was not one of their better days. Hey, when and, you know, the, it was all in the second half. I mean, <sighs> you know, and we can go back. To, everybody's talked about it. Calling the timeout at the end of the first half was the dumbest move I've seen in a long time. I don't care how many times he explains it. It was a silly move, especially if you're going to wait 30 seconds to do it. Now, I didn't hear you comment on this. We're up against the clock. I was hoping he'd go for two. And I didn't hear your thoughts on that at yeah. the end of the game to stay out of overtime, either yeah, win or lose. It. I thought about it ahead of time. Uh, and I said, you know, just make it and uh, just just tie it up and go to, uh, go to overtime. I heard an expert say this week... That the, if if you feel you're the better team, then you tie it with the extra point and extend the game's length in right. the overtime if you feel you're the better team. Sure. But what he didn't say was, and then you find out, Cohen was dead tired gassed at the end of regulation. He needs Jim Boylan to work him out. <laughs> dead tired gassed. Yeah. If, there, if I felt... And you wanted to get more touches. If I felt that... My guys were dead, tired, gassed, and I'm not saying they you all were. to win it right there. Go right for it. Yeah. Sink or swim. Okay. Win or lose. One and done. He's got all these trick plays in his trick bag. He sure does. Why didn't he go he's, for it? He's got all those cute ones. I'll bet you next time he goes for two if it's right at the end of the game. And well, we'll see it on Sunday night. He'll go for two. I got final Joe Madden thoughts I'm trying to thank get goodness, to. Thank goodness Cody Parkey kicked out at Soldier Field this week. <laughs> Back in a flash, Murph and Freddie is paying 1,000. All right, welcome back. Home stretch, final minute, Murph and Fred. Uh, real quick, Joe Madden. You know what? They're, his new coaching staff has been named. He had no input, it appears, on any of them. That's, yeah. That doesn't happen. He's obviously gone. You know what? I bet you Joe is this close to saying, you know what? I quit. But there's $6 million on the table. He never had the big payday. So you know what's going to happen? And I'm not saying this from any inside knowledge, just me, gut feeling. He's not going to be happy. You're not going to see the pitcher bat number eight anymore. You're not going to see him. Oh, I better get the starting pitcher out in the fifth, not the sixth. You know what? I'm not saying he's going to do anything detrimental. I'm saying, all right, you want it your way? Here's what it is. And you're going to see nothing from him that's not by the book like these guys want. So why have him? They should have let him go and paid him off. I'm just saying that I predict. There's a great thing on MLB Network tonight called Business of Baseball. And uh, Rick Kahn and Dayton Moore of the Royals and all these guys are on. And they talk a lot about it. And they say that the analytics department gives managers a lineup every day. 
the manager at that point can then either use that lineup or make his own changes and yeah. play with it. Yeah. And I got a feeling this year, if in fact what you're saying is true, then Joe Madden just going to take that lineup and go, yeah. just run that I'm run out, you. just run that run out out to home plate and give it to the umpires. You know, he'll start Zobras thirty games at second base. Yeah. Oh, you didn't like the way I rested these guys. That's fine. I'm going to do it your way. And I'm not predicting that he's doing anything nefarious or to sabotage. I'm just saying he's going to be unplugged. He's okay. You don't want me talking to the media. I'll just, like, you, Fred, that was a perfect example. Yeah. Okay, there's your lineup card. All right. You want to play Zobras 14 days in a row? Fine. Go ahead and see what happens. That's what, that's what the computer says. We'll that's, what, that's what Ivy says. All right. Maybe he thinks if is I win it all. Is, there, is there's yeah, Ivy? Yeah. Okay. It's, he can make $6 million a year. He's not going to walk away from it. But I'm telling you something. This could get ugly, especially if they're in third place around May 15th. You well, watch. See, when, when, when they just say, where do you want to bat Harper? <laughs> we'll find that out a little bit later on this Dream week. Dream on. I can't hit the high <laughs> note, though. Like uh, Stephen Tyler. Sam Smith, thank you. Thank you, Sam, coming on today. Thanks to Felix Reyes for all of his help, as always. I'll be with Mongo tomorrow. Come on out and see us. Orland We're at the Park. Twin Peaks, Orland Park on LaGrange Road. <laughs> we'll be there from 4 to 7, getting you ready for Bears and Rams. Nice, nice. Murph and thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Go Bears. See you later, everybody. Gave up two first round picks to the Raiders and they gave him $141 million and it's worth it. See you real soon.